Don't let stress wear you down. End the year feeling great at Planet Fitness with our big end of year sale. Join for just $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime now through December 31st. And end the year on the right or left foot with tons of variety and space in our squeaky clean and spacious clubs. And use a crowd meter in our app to pick the best time to visit. Join for just $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. In club, online, or on our app. Deal ends December 31st. Join now at your local club or online at planetfitness.com. Hurry, deal ends Friday, December 31st. See club for details. Don't miss the limited episode podcast series, Sustainably Speaking, featuring trailblazing leaders discussing how to improve sustainability and address climate change through innovation. Join Joshua Baca from America's Plastic Makers for these vital discussions with policymakers, academics, and industry pioneers about partnerships and policies that support advancements to meet this urgent challenge. Subscribe today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. I am Steve, and I'm joined by my tag team partner in podcasting, and that is Jeff Lippman. Jeff, how are you this week? Doing great. Enjoying a little Yuletide, celebrating Saturnalia. Um, Said what? Saturnalia, the old Roman Roman celebration of Saturn. Um, Oh, I thought that was a new call-up from NXT. It might be. It could be. The Perry Saturnalia. (laughs) Um, and winter solstice, winter solstice. Yeah, I like that tag team. Aren't they going to go up against a uh, toxic attraction? They were, but then winter is coming was brought up by AW and they had to, they had scrapped the whole thing. Oh, gimmick infringement. I get it. I get it. Well, Jeff, um, I'm glad to hear you doing all right. I mean, we've got uh, the holidays coming up. Happy holidays to all our uh, listeners and fans. Hope everything is going well. Um, and uh, we thought we'd take this opportunity to recap the whole year. So you'll be listening to our year in review. We'll give you some hours. Our... Strap on in, folks. This is a <laughs> stocking suffer for you. This is going to be a, a, a really long journey of, of the best matches. Each, each month, we'll give you the best match. And then we'll have a tournament. And then we'll do that for the following categories. Yeah, Steve and I just, both have the next four days off, so we're just going to be talking. For, <laughs> we're going about, we're going 96 hours straight. That's right. Just kidding. That's not happening. But we will talk about the year in review. We'll talk about best matches, male and female best wrestlers of the year, um, best promo of the year, moments of the year, feud of the year, breakout star, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're going to talk about, obviously, what we usually talk about, AEW Dynamite, what our thoughts of uh, – a new episode uh, along with Raw, SmackDown, you know, lots to discuss, as well as other wrestling news like Scotty Tuhati actually getting booked in one of uh, a major up-and-coming promotion, or or some people already call it majorly legit. Is, it, is GCW still the number three <laughs> promotion, or, or have they already sort of fallen off? Have they enjoyed their 15 minutes? I don't know. I mean, they sold out the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom, and that apparently is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's it's not nothing. Um, yeah. But if they if they put the show those tickets on sale today, 
would they still sell it out? I'm not sure. I think they, I think they enjoyed a really good like half a year. I think it's sort of done now. I don't know. We'll see. I'm pretty sure that that place would sell out. The GCW fan, I've seen GCW shows, and specifically, I've seen GCW fans. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, I'm almost—I'm not a scientist, but I'm pretty sure that this Omicron virus started with GCW. Wow, that, the, we got the QAcon out of the way early today. <laughs> um, so the GCW fan, is that where all the, the tweets are coming from res, professional wrestlers about, you know, deodorant shouldn't be optional? I don't know how professional they are, but yes, I, I without a doubt. Okay. All right. I have never been to a GCW show. I have never seen a GCW show. Um, I probably never will. I don't feel like I'm really missing out on anything there. Well, uh, there's there's yeah. a simple explanation for why you wouldn't be in their core demo, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question. It'll only take one. Do you wear deodorant? Yeah, usually. Okay, well, then you would be outside the target demo. Disqualified. Exactly. Did so, we- guys, lots... Lots to talk about, Jeff. Um, I I think let's let's not bury the lead here. Let's just get into our year in review. We're um, going to start with that, and I want to start with we'll jump around, but I want to talk about um, what are the best things that happened in wrestling over the last year. We we broke it down into categories, and we're going to run them down. Here we've got about eh, close to ten categories to discuss. Let's start with an easy one. Um, let's talk about who were, who do you think was the breakout star of 2021? It's funny you think that's an easy question because that is one that I've really struggled with because I feel like there were a lot of people who were there and then fell off. There were a lot of people. John Moxley. Who, <laughs> there were a lot of people who could have earned that, that namaker, but it was too late in the year for them to get there. I mean, if this was four months ago, I would have said Damian Priest easy. But, mm. I mean, it's been like nothing since then. It's like at this point, I, I know this sounds weird, but I sort of want to say Mandy Rose because she's been around for a while. But I feel like she's the face of NXT. And while she was known, like, I don't know that she was ever a star. And, I mean, if people, you know, people can point to the NXT ratings and say, well, they're not doing so great. And you're right. But I sort of feel like, Mandy Rose is the breakout star right now. I mean, Braun Breaker hasn't been doing it long enough. Right. No one else on NXT 2.0 seems to be doing it. AW, I don't know that they've had any breakout stars. I mean, it, it could have been Jade Cargill, but she's barely on. Correct. Um, so, I, you know. I- you know, Jeff, know. if I can jump in right here. I, yeah. Jade Cargill sure. is a good pick for AW, but the problem is that they've exposed her as being extremely green and i don't think i think that they had momentum going into this tbs title tournament and then they fucking dropped the ball where are we with it what's the update what's going on thank you for mentioning that because i i swear to the listeners you and i have not talked about this at all but i i have been thinking like (laughs) yeah we we don't plan (laughs) i i feel like this tournament started like three months ago with Mm -hmm. and it had like 10 women in it or or something like that they were they were like eight mat they were like eight matches 
and yep. like five people had buys or four people had buys, something like that. So you basically had a total of 12 or, or 13 or so, some some strange number like that. And this has just been going so slowly. And it's like I forgot it's even happening. It, it's like we have a, like a quarterfinal or semifinal match the other night on, on Dynamite. I don't know. It, it, it's all, but you're right. I mean, if, if they just did Jade Cargill, like we said, just treat her like Goldberg, just have her kill people every week. I don't even care if you did half of them on dark and dark elevation, you know, rampage. And then once every three weeks, you, you gave her a five minute spot on a dynamite. It would have been fine. I think without question, she would have been the breakout star of the year. So I, I you know, could, could, could it be Wardlow if, if they broke him up from MJF? Like, like three months ago, sure. I, I just don't. Who's new? Who's who's new? I mean, the people who are new in AW are old. Uh, so Daniel Bryan is new. CM Punk. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're breakout stars though. So I mean, I mean, but you could say the same thing about Mandy. But I'm gonna go with Mandy Rose. Man, Mandy Rose feels like a star right now. She's 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 the to me she's the face of NXT and I know people are gonna say no Braun Breaker is not to me I right now if I think NXT I'm thinking Mandy Rose and it's and it's not for the reasons that, that you think I mean that's not hurting the case Annie the, those um, are my reasons yeah I, I when 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 we thought about breakout star I thought about who's breaking out of their top uh, Mandy Rose without a doubt Ta- toxic attraction is there and then you told me that breakout star did not mean literally breaking out of their bustier or whatever shirt you, you think she's wearing. Everyone knows I'm a fan of the of the wardrobe malfunction. Um, but no, to- Toxic Attraction is is a great act. They're, they are, uh, they've, they've got the shit going on. So I'm going Mandy Rose. I, I spend a I lot of time on one category. I think that's a good pick. And I think that um, I have them as... as um, you know, it's it's one A and one B, and I, I was waiting to see which one you would pick, and then I would pick the other. And and it's funny, you I have Toxic Attraction on my list, but since you mentioned them, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna pivot to another guy that I think has really taken advantage of the opportunities he's been given in the last year, and I don't think that he's done anything wrong to. I guess lessen the spotlight that he's already been given. And that's Matt Riddle. Riddle has really taken off in the last year. He has had, I think uh, uh, a mid uh, level championship run throughout the last year has been working with Randy Orton. And, you know, they're, they're with one of the most overacts on WWE. You hear those, those pops from genuine pops, not piped in pops. For Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. And um, when we get to our WWE review, we'll talk about what was missing this week from RK Bro. It felt different because Matt wasn't on. So I would definitely give it to Matt Riddle. Yeah. Um, I didn't pick Matt Riddle. Frankly, I didn't really think about him because for me it was over a year ago when he broke out for me. And it was that it was that Lions Cage match with I think it was uh Timothy Thatcher. Um, it was that, Thatcher, that, yeah. That's when he broke out for me. That's when that's when I bought Matt Riddle. It's funny, neither one of us said what is probably what 98% of the wrestling community is going to say is the breakout star. And that's probably Dante Martin. And I sort of feel like <laughs> 
it like most of the year he didn't do anything. If his brother didn't get hurt, I'm not sure what they would have done with him. He had a few good outings, but I feel like I've seen this movie before with Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara and even Matt Seidel and 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 then this whole thing with Leo Rush and then Team Taz and then it ended. I mean, it, it's like it it like fell off this confusing cliff. It's it's like it fell off a cliff and but they fell into Inception, and like <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. So. You know, I understand if, if a lot of people pick Dante Martin, I get it, but I just feel like AW has so many of him. And the last time I saw him do a finishing move, it actually, it, it was the worst time that, mm-hmm. that he looked doing it. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure all of this sunshine is doing him any favors at 20 or 21. So that's why I didn't pick Dante Martin, but it's not like I don't know he exists. The trouble with Dante Martin, in my opinion, is, there's a lot of start and stop with him. It's like they push him for a couple weeks. He gets some airtime. You think they're doing something with him, and then he loses. And then you don't see him for a couple weeks. Then he shows up again. It's 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 buffoonery. And this is the trouble with AEW. But, you know, hey, the, yeah, the guy can wrestle. But so can every fucking body else in the goddamn ring in both AEW and WWE. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Dante Martin can wrestle just as dangerously as most of the other people there. And the other thing with the, with AEW is because they have so many people, they're they're constantly trying to find out who they can pair people with in factions and groups. And I don't know, nothing seemed to be working with Dante either purposefully or not. You know, first it was Seidel. You know, well, obviously his brother got hurt. You know, you know. Then it was this Leo Rush thing where Leo Rush was going to be a bad guy, but I guess they realized it was the same character as Matt Hardy, so he turned into <laughs> a good guy. And then there was Team Taz, and then there was a swerve for no reason, and and now they're not even talking about that. I guess someone's going to feud with Ricky Starks, but he's he seems to be aligned with MJF. I mean, there's a there's just a lot going on, and oh, without a doubt, like I said, it's confusing, and and that's why. Uh, you know, well, I already said why Dante Martin isn't it. So, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Mandy's trajectory ever since she showed up in NXT. I mean, basically, she replaced Frankie Monet. She took the same character and just did it better. And and her trajectory and, and, has been straight up. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. And and what is breakout supposed to mean? That they've got a tremendous amount of potential, and that they've exhibited that in the last few months and most of the year and mandy it when mandy left to go to nxt none of us thought that she'd be doing what she's doing now no and i think that's a surprise i want a blonde ambition you know that i want twin magic (laughs) you want a twin magic 2.0 that was the 2.0 you were looking for (laughs) well 4.0 if you want to be technical um oh hey hey all right no, I, I yeah, I, I agree. It was it was sort of a surprise. It was sort of out of nowhere. I mean, you know, they they could have reunited Fire and Desire, or whatever. I I didn't think she was going back, and it was just confusing. But it it worked. It's it's one of the few things that worked, and it's one of the few things that worked all the way. And and they didn't fucks with it um, because when things <laughs> work, they tend to fucks with it. That that's like the end. That's like the uh, WWE mantra. But yeah, I think when most people say, think breakout star. They, they probably think of a new one, like sort of like Rookie of the Year or something like that. And and that's why I'm struggling. That's why I'm talking about this for 12 minutes, um, because I feel like I have to explain the choice. But I think but I'm no, I think I think you're I think I you should be OK with it. I think it's a great pick. Um, 
last year, I want to just make make reference to last year's picks. Um, we, I believe, we both picked Raquel Gonzalez to be a breakout star, and you know, I felt like the first half of the year started out well for her, and then the second half, when she lost the title, she fizzled out. So it's interesting to see where she'll go from here, whether she'll be on the main roster. We'll get more into that next week when we do our predictions because we did predict big things for Raquel along with a lot of other people. And uh, some we got right and some we got wrong. Very interesting to listen back to those year-end reviews and you can catch them in the archives. Um, Jeff, let's move to the next topic. Um, Let's talk about best moment what was the best moment in wrestling in your opinion this year moxley leaving right absolutely moxley (laughs) going to rehab let's move on to the next one i I think cm punk returning was the moment of the year oh see i knew you were gonna say that i feel like everybody's gonna say that because cm punk returning was a great moment but in hindsight again that night was really great if you were in the building, probably one of the best nights you'll ever remember in professional wrestling. You walk away with an ice cream bar if you were lucky to get it. Um, but what has he done since then? What that did he do? Question. The question was the best moment of the year. I hear you. But when you go back and think about the best moment, if CM Punk debuts and then fizzles out and bums out in AEW, are we going to look back at this moment and be like, man, remember when CM Punk came back in 2021 and did absolutely jack shit? Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not ready to go there yet. I don't think what he's been doing has been spectacular, but I don't think it's been terrible either. It's just I don't think they know exactly what to do with their... With Have you seen your... this fucking face paint? We'll get to that. We'll get to that when we cover Dynamite. <laughs> but, you know, first of all, I think that they thought that they bought a Maserati. But what they got was... A, a jalopy? You know, no, I think they got like a, like a classic Corvette. It still looks good, but the engine just ain't there any, any longer. <laughs> and really, when you put it next to the new cars, it doesn't really quite look as good. Like, when you're just looking at it, it looks okay. Um but, but that engine still makes a roar. And, th- and that's what they've got. And, but they're not really quite sure what to do with it anyway. Because you can't race it. You can't drive it too much because it'll break down. The insurance costs a hell of a lot. It's like you don't know exactly what to do with it. So, you know, they're struggling. I think they sort of found something with this MJF thing. And, I, you know, I assume that the Wardlow schism, which had to happen anyway, will be the way to protect them both and pivot them away from each other. I don't know what's next. But again, you've been saying that every, I feel like you've said that every AEW pay-per-view since the beginning of the year. I haven't made a prediction about pay-per-view yet. Yeah, but I mean. Wardlow is going to break up with MJF. This is the one. This is the one. Well, yeah. And, and, well, I think they already have it set up. So Sean Spears will be his first opponent, uh, not MJF to buy a little bit of time. Um, You know, if someone said, to me a year ago sean spears would be more famous and more over than wardlow that man that man would be a genius right now no, that man would be an idiot and that man was you <laughs> you actually said that sean spears was in a better position than wardlow a year ago and it's even and and he, and he technically is no he is not and 
Oh, he's account. <laughs> he's his accountability buddy. <laughs> Something that's right. Um, okay. Uh, yes, I sort of did like the Burberry pattern chair, but we're going to get we're going to get to diamond anyway. It was the best. You asked the, the category's best moment of the year. I think best that that moment. was definitely. I think that was the best moment in wrestling this year. All right. Hey, listen, it's debatable. I want to say uh, I want to say uh, a good eighty percent of the WW uh, not the WW the wrestling universe will probably agree with you. Ninety-five percent, um, probably, and I'm uh, not trying to no, be empty. I know the Mandy Rose one was out of the box. Your Riddle one was out of the box. I'm not trying to be out of the box. I just couldn't think of anyone else who really fit the category, and I kept. I don't think your her. pick is out of the box, though. I think that's very, you know, safe. I'm going to pick John Cena returning because John Cena was a, you know, there was rumors, there was hype, there was a surprise. He came back, and he stayed for the summer. And it was pretty spectacular. It was very, you know, fun. And, you know, he put over Roman. So I, we can walk away and say, hey, he did something. Okay. Listen, it's your it's your moment. I mean, I, I had sort of forgotten that he came back. So uh, I'm not sure how much of a best moment it was. But I, I think that this year, WWE has been But that's the dementia that. setting in, isn't it, Jeff? It, 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 it very well might be. <laughs> what are we talking about again? Mandy Rose. Oh, that, that, that's the medicine. <laughs> that's the that's the medicine. I uh, I have an illness, and the doctor said the prescription is more Mandy Rose. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Why no, not? I, I have my own Mandy Rose at home. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. Yes, you do. Quién es este Mandy Rose? Um, Jeff, let's talk about something. Um, let's talk about best pay per view. What was the best pay per view of the year? Top to bottom, the card. What do you think people are going to go back and say, man, 2021, this show was fire. This is the one. I'm going to go with an easy cop-out because it was the biggest show of the year, attendance-wise and atmosphere-wise. Um, Crown Jewel, go ahead. <laughs> I actually didn't hate Crown Jewel this year, to be honest with you. I thought, I thought, <laughs> oh, really I thought Crown Jewel was okay. Um, SummerSlam. I think SummerSlam oh, was was the best pay-per-view of the year. I mean, I was I remember being a little bit disappointed by uh King of the Ring. Um I mean, I'm sorry, Royal Rumble, which disappoints me to no end cuz everyone knows I love a Rumble. WrestleMania was just too damn long. If you took the best of WrestleMania, then that would be the card. AEW had some good pay-per-views, but like the ones that were supposed to be great weren't so great and, and I don't know. I just, I just feel like there was one paper. Maybe it was Double or Nothing. That, that would probably be my second pick. But I thought just because SummerSlam had like fifty thousand people there after COVID, the atmosphere that a lot of it was in sunlight it was because was in Vegas. Um, I, I that that put it over the edge for me, over the top. The the Brock return, all these, re, you know, Becky return. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I think a lot of people are going to say that. I think that was a good pick and a memorable show. You can go back and say, this is where Becky returned. This is where, you know, Roman beat Cena. It was, and that was a good match, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and then you got Brock. Yep. So um, I think that's a good pick. 
I'm going to go with what I'm going to believe most of the internet wrestling community is going to pick, and that is AEW All Out. You had all these epic returns. You also, if I remember correctly, you had Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. You had Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, and CM Punk's first match. And I think that's what everybody was talking about. So I'm going to say AEW All Out as the best pay-per-view of 2021. When did they all arrive in AEW? When did they show up? But not wrestle. They all showed up the same night. I rem- It was All Out. It was... So so here's the difference. Brian and Cole showed up on the same night. And Ruby Soho. And Ruby Soho. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry, Ruby, if you're listening. I'm pretty sure you're not. Um, Ruby was uh, debuted that night, too, in the Battle Royal. Although she, she was hyped up, right? She was showing you video packages and vignettes on her social media. Um, I want to say that Punk debuted two or three weeks before all out and they were hyping him as his first match will be at all out okay so that's why everybody conflates the three of them debuting on the same show i i i think that that was a show i was thinking not double or nothing i mean that would make sense i have no argument with all out i i you know if some you know i don't know if i would change my answer but i i i think that that's a perfectly legitimate answer yeah no i i agree thank you see i'm a prefer mm-hmm. perfectly legitimate uh wrestling host <laughs> podcast host mm-hmm. um all right best moment check um and guys when you're listening to us you can chime in too again send emails in send uh, jump on our twitter jump on our facebook page give Watch us your thoughts Write down you ham and eggers <laughs> To, to you know tap in and say hey guys this is i disagree with you i agree with you mandy rose sucks how could you pick her steve aw is trash i thought you never watched it how are you picking this as the best pay-per-view you want to come and uh and and catch some smoke feel free to come find us on our socials um, steve bought tickets to multiple aew shows this year he attended in person this year he's like an aw fan of the year he well he might not be a fan, but he's a customer, and that's more important. I'm a. They call me a preferred customer. That's what Tony calls me. A PC, he calls me. Wow. He says, Great. "When when are you coming back? And don't bring your kids." That's what because... Mandy Rose says to me. Oh wow, wow, that's crazy. How does how does your your Mandy Rose at home Mandy Rose at home feel about that? She doesn't mind the kids. Oh, okay, very good, Jeff. Let's get into something. Um, let's get into something juicy. Let's talk about male wrestler of the year. Who do you think was the best male wrestler of the year? Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Wow. Who else? I mean, who else was even in the conversation? I mean, I wish I it mean, was Lashley, but the last three months have been have been terrible. I mean, they gave him some time off. Um, you know, Kenny Omega had his time, but you know, it sort of ended, and then he disappeared as well. So, uh, 
Daniel Bryan was great at the end of his WWE run. He's been great in AEW, sort of, even though a lot of times been wasted with the Dark Order. But there was a bunch of time in the middle there where he did nothing. So from January 1st to December 31st, it's Roman Reigns. Who's been more dominant? Who's the bigger star in wrestling? It's Roman, it's Roman Reigns. Dana Brooke. <laughs> the, the other oh, half of blonde ambition. That's right. That's right. Oh, we are talking about male wrestler of the year. You're right. Not not overall wrestler of the year. Well, yeah, Roman is a good traditionally male title. So hey, you're right. Yeah, you're right. See, she's she's breaking boundaries. Yeah, you know, stick with your answer. Dana Brooks a good one. Dana should stick by that. <laughs> um, best male wrestler. A lot of people are going to say Omega. I have Roman down too as well. So I'm going to stick with Roman. But um, I will make the case. Can't believe I'm actually doing this Dante Martin. for Dante Martin. No. John Moxley. For Lee Moriarty. <laughs> um for Takaji Shingo. For Jacket Time. Um Alexander Hammerstone. That's right. That's right. Although you did predict Alexander Hammerstone will explode, is what you, what I wrote down. Explode. Yeah, yeah I, I would say that he was my best breakout year. And and in fact he he has to the extent that somebody in MLW can, and he actually signed an extension. Well, we'll get to that in the news also. That's right. Um, yeah, male wrestler Roman did a lot of things, but Omega did his thing too. He captured Ooh. multiple titles, right? He had he the AAA title that he completely threw uh, at, back at them and was like, I'm not defending this junk. Get the fuck out of here. And then he had, what was it? The Impact World title for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like lost that to Christian on the AW television. And and eight oh, no, he didn't, a, no, he it was, didn't no, he it was no it was impact. Uh, not impact, was, he, a, dynamite. He well he well dynamite is AEW television, but he, he lost a match to Christian on AW television, but I think he lost the title on an impact pay-per-view. Oh yes, you're right. You're right, because he had a warm-up match and then Yes, it was like an exhibition match, and then he got on. Like on the what was it, What's Christian's uh, finisher? Uh, the unprettier. <laughs> Whatever he did, he did it on a chair. That <laughs> one of the Goof Brothers put into put into the ring. A concerto. Whatever it was, doesn't matter. We don't even see the Goof Brothers anymore. Where they go? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. All right. All right, so male, I mean, and Roman, what has Roman not done? He's made SmackDown a compelling show to watch. He came out last week with this new shirt, says needle mover. Everybody online is pissed off. He doesn't move any needles. Then he fucking upped SmackDown ratings, highest than they've ever been in a long time. So don't tell me that Roman's not a needle mover. I don't know. It's a funny shirt. I'm not getting it, but it's a funny shirt. But the reaction was even more funny um i mean nobody say anything well that's not true but uh, half the world didn't say anything when jericho had the demo god shirt come out um mm-hmm. but yeah roman but, um yeah we're, we're both saying roman so cool good look at this see people some people said we can't agree but there there are moments where we do agree yeah we agree when you're wrong and i'm right you're out of your mind you don't know what you're talking about um Jeff, let's talk about feud of the year. Who do you think had the feud of the year? I think it's 
AEW and WWE fans on the internet. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. I'm writing down your picks, so yeah, elaborate on that for a little bit. I mean, it's the it's the feud that never stops. It keeps on going, and it and it keeps hitting. You know, just like there's levels it won't sink to. There's heights it can't hit. But I mean, the truth of the matter is this: this is this has been a year less of who's been great as to what's been less horrible. Um, I, I I don't even know what what the feuds are. I mean. Some of the longest feuds are ones I can't stand. Anything with Seth Rollins, I can't stand. Um, I, mean, I, I can't even tell you who Kenny Omega was feuding with. Christian, was that a, was that a feud? That, I mean, that anyone's going to remember? Um, is MJ, yeah, but, but Hangman, no. I mean, he, he was gone for four months, for God's sake. Um, MJF cuts great promos, but has he had sustained feuds? They're like, they're like working on one now. Darby was like a month though. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm so I'm gonna go with the fans and and this is, and I don't mean to just pick on AW. Same thing with WWE. I don't. I, I mean, like they're they're going back to New Day versus the Usos for God's sake. I mean, there's there haven't been any like real epic feuds that that, that I can think of. So I'm I'm gonna go with uh, AW versus WWE fans on the internet or you can we can go with ring of honor fans versus reality oh that's a good one too no, but you i like your pick that's too insignificant to, to make any list i like and your I pick of AEW versus wwe fans i think that is that is the eternal battle right this is good versus evil um <laughs> let's uh, what is wrong with seth versus edge you had you throughout the last several uh, episodes of where, where they we were talking about that they had a great match um, during Hell in a Cell, a great match on SmackDown on that September 10th episode. These guys have been lighting it up. Why not Seth Rollins versus Edge? Because I don't want to see either one of them. Wow. You know what my pick is. Um, you're probably going to copy mine. Seth Rollins versus Edge. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I th- I'm sorry, but you know what? Tyler Black, Seth Rollins, whatever you want to call him right now, this man is at his peak, and he doesn't have any titles because he doesn't need any titles at the moment. Um, I wrestled with picking him as the best wrestler of the year because of his fashion, because of the promos that he cuts. This man is such a hated heel. This man had some rando guy jump the rail and jump him and attack him in Brooklyn a couple weeks back. This is how good he... Because he owed him money. But that's how good of a heel he is. I I thought you were going to pick Miro versus his neck. Oh, shit. That's fucked up. Um, Yeah, no, I'm going to pick Seth versus Edge because, you know what, I think... I underestimated how much of a fantasy booking match that was before Edge was able to come back and and wrestle and then they gave it to us and then they they kept us entertained with the promos, the matches. Yeah, it drew it drew out. I agree that it did last longer than it should have. But it was damn good. Do you want and to know that's why I'm picking Seth versus Edge. 
Do you want to know what my what my real other answer would have been, which is probably nastier? But it's, is Moxley versus sobriety? No, it is <laughs> WWE versus the concept of a roster, and which which <laughs> indirectly is WWE versus the Indies because they just basically created a, a labor glut, which is going to cause prices to go down. Uh, listen, the, the prices are impacted by supply and demand. There's a lot of supply. But really, is there a lot of demand for the quality that's out there? Meh. No, that's, that's, why prices are, that's why prices go down. And now there's more labor, which means that people were, who are making $200,000 to a million dollars a year uh, you know, are now going to be making $25,000 to $75,000 a year while spending $60,000 a year on gas and, and motel rooms. Yeah, but Jeff, you know, maybe people are overselling their worth. I mean, thus far since being released, we have not seen AOP. We have not seen, well, we just saw Braun Strowman, right? He showed up mm -hmm. on Ring of Honor. But before that, we haven't seen the man in, in months, months, Jeff. And Bray Wyatt? We Tell me how... Forget Tell me how. Life. Talk about Kurt no. Stallions. Talk about only Lorcans. Let's, let's talk about all, all of the folks like that who. Nobody uh, wants to see those fucking guys, Jeff. They didn't want to see them on NXT to begin with. That's my point. The point is, all of these people out there working and their and their asks. They probably thought they were going to get fifteen hundred. Then they went down to eleven hundred. Now they're going to be at six hundred, and pretty soon they're going to be at the you know. Give me two hundred twenty-five dollars at McDonald's. I was just say peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but yeah, I mean, and that's what's like. And they're going to take the spots of the local indie guys instead because they're going to get bigger names. You're going to get I the don't... same three hundred people. I'm just telling you, it's a labor glut. I, I'm not saying this. This is, of course, the if you are a professional wrestler and you have success professionally wrestling, of course, you're not going to give that up readily. I'm not criticizing anyone. I'm not criticizing the market. I'm not criticizing people for undercutting each other to get work because they need work because they all have to feed their families. It's competition. I'm just saying it's a reality. And that's WWE versus the concept of roster, but indirectly or maybe tactically is also sort of a continuation of what people have thought has been a secret war against the Indies for basically 15 years. And what I'm saying is the talent that was released are out of touch with reality and that they are asking for too much money and that's why they haven't been booked. Explain to me, Jeff, how all the guys you just mentioned, Oni Lorcan, Jobber number one, Jobber number two, the other guy, nobody was watching on NXT, all got released. They haven't been picked up by AW or anybody else, but a motherfucker like Scotty Too Hottie, who has not been in professional wrestling on TV and has been working behind the state behind the scenes as a trainer can get snatched up by what we can argue a lot of people do on social media as the third biggest wrestling promotion right now. GCW. Scotty Too Hottie is being booked. Bray Wyatt is not being booked. Scotty Too Hottie is being booked. And there's countless of other talents that are not being booked. Well, Bray Wyatt's in Hollywood doing a movie, so you can take him out of the equation. But I know what you're saying. And listen, it's been a year and a half since Eric Rowan's 
worked on major TV. He did Who? one night. Exactly. Eric Redbeard. He did one night on AW on, on the Brody Lee tribute show. Um, you're right. And and I, I'm not saying that, that they're not being unrealistic, but I, I don't think they're un, they're being unrealistic. I think they're in denial. Alberto Del Rio is unrealistic how he puts out there that there's a bidding war out there for him. And every company, including the companies that, that don't bid, say, we're not interested. I mean, Impact has said no interest. Everyone says, AW says no interest. WWE says no interest. Everyone says, the indies say no interest. The AAA says no mas. I mean, <laughs> nobody's interested. He's he, he's unrealistic. I think we are out of touch with reality. I think these no, I, Teddy, Teddy Hart is out of touch with. I think these other folks they're 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 holding on because there's really not a lot else that some of them can do. I mean, you coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey. I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sustainability is a critical issue, and on the new Sustainably Speaking podcast, we'll talk with trailblazing leaders who champion solutions to ensure a more sustainable and low-carbon future. Subscribe today and don't miss this limited episode podcast. Yeah, this Jeff, is that, Jeff, that's on you because you know what? You're mis misinterpreting what Alberto Del Rio is saying. There's a lot of interest from him, mm -hmm. uh, from the El Paso uh, correction system, from the Austin correction system. All these jails want Alberto Del Rio back in, in lockup. So there is there is interest for ADR, just not how you think. That's right. <laughs> What 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 is like a prominent Latino prison gang, Steve? You would know this, right? Uh no, I don't. I, I don't I don't hang out with those people. Is like M13? Is that a, is that a thing? <laughs> M like, it's MS13. MS13. Maybe they'd be interested in having like a 250 pound guy in prison as one of their enforcers. Oh, hey, listen, they could do that. Yeah, but then there's I always machete. So. Is it, well, machete isn't he like a thousand years old, and I think it's hard to get a machete into prison. I'm pretty sure that machete can still kill a fucking guy. Maybe a guy, but <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. To we're at forty minutes, we've gone through three categories. <laughs> we've gone through four. All right, let's talk about best tag team. What do you think is your best tag team? Ooh, you are gonna hate me, but I mean, I think it's the Young Bucks. Are you fucking kidding me? I can't. You're really shocking me with this pick. What? Sell me on the young bucks, Jeff. It, it, I'm not going to sell you on the young bucks. I'm going to. I'm going to undersell every everything else. Can you tell me who the MLW last three tag team champions are? I I could, but it's it's not important. I mean, for most, it was it was the Los Parks for most for most of the year. Oh, that's who right. Cares? Right. Um, you know. In NWA, anyone know who the tag? I think it's still Kratos Jr. and Aaron Stevens. I mean, so what? Who cares? Um, Impact? Is it the Goof Brothers still? Is yeah. it? Is it not? I mean, you know, who knows? Right? No, nobody cares. WWE, it's a race to the bottom as to the tag teams. I mean, yeah, there were a couple tag teams that had, you know, almost an AJ had a good year. The RK Bros had a good year, but 
you know that they're temporary and they're all like half year teams and and WWE doesn't care about tag team wrestling. There's there's no divisions. There are no nobody is pursuing these titles. I mean that's that's a constant with WWE. So it makes it hard to feel those titles are important. AEW for whatever you want to say about them, they have about forty two tag teams. So at least the tag team division feels important. Yeah, there's been a lot of schmas matches and ten person matches, twelve person, fourteen person matches. And I'm not saying the Bucks are, are so great or, or even their act has been great this year, but they've been near Kenny Omega with the elite all year. Then they went to the super elite. Now they're in another story. They had the championship gold for most of the year. They seem to be stepping back to, I don't know. I mean, the Lucha brothers don't feel like the champions, but they have been for the last quarter. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I just think out of, the best of the worst this year is is the Bucks. If you told me the RK Bros, I, I wouldn't argue strenuously. But NXT, I, I don't even. I'm not even sure. I'd have to think about. Oh, it's Imperium, uh, and before the MSK, which I think MSK is an abject failure. Um, a lot of people like MSK. I don't think a lot of people do like MSK. I think a lot of people like to say a lot of people like MSK, but I don't think anybody <laughs> does, which is the issue including the NXT fan who seems to be uh, steadfastly behind Izzy's dad, who apparently is, isn't the greatest guy either. So I, I don't know. All I'm saying is that it hasn't been a great year for tag team wrestling. So in that year, the only two teams that stand out for me are the Young Bucks and the RK Bros. And in two months, the RK Bros probably won't even be a team. The Young Bucks in two decades will probably still be a team. To your point, this is the best team of the year the bucks and and it's going to be in my opinion the rk bros these guys got smashed together out of nowhere just like the rko and they made it work randy orton and matt riddle are probably the most entertaining duo in professional wrestling right now and they don't need to resort to their ridiculous nonsense nonsensical shtick that the young bucks usually do like it's all the same fucking joke with the young bucks it's all tongue in cheek uh, it's all wink wink it's all i just changed my bio bullshit like it's all the same shit the RK bros too it's hey randy i'm stoned to want to hang out and why don't you listen to me riddle be serious okay i'll indulge you this one time but if you ever get in my way i mean they're the same but, but too. one one year one day one week there's a scooter one week they're talking about getting wearing matching blazers there's a wig it's all funny stuff it's all different it's not bullshit about hey we're the best tag team of all time and they're they Adam can't Page? even crack five is feet that is that is that hangman page the champ is here <laughs> did you hear did you hear galloping horses <laughs> neither um, has he ever he's never been near a horse <laughs> Um, yeah, I, the Young Bucks, my, my beef with the Young Bucks is who have they put over? If you're really good at being a tag team or a wrestler, you've got to tell me who you've put over, right? To get, you can make it to the top and the Young Bucks are the top. Everybody says they're the best tag team, the best tag team. Jeff, who have they put over in their, I know we're talking about year end review, but now that we're on the topic, who have they put over in AEW to say, look, the A they're making the tag team division by making stars, putting people over, and don't tell me it's the Lucha Bros because the Lucha Bros were already top five tag team 
before they even walked into AEW. I have no idea who's putting over anybody in AEW because because as soon as you have a story with any momentum, it, go, it goes off the rails. But who have the RK Bros put over? Well, listen, they're gonna put somebody over when they lose the titles. They're gonna put somebody over. Well, then the it might put over the Lucha Brothers. It's the same thing. I'm just it might be no because the Lucha Bros were already stars. If I you have a, a valid argument if they drop the titles to let's say Street Profits, oh, but God. if they drop the titles to Otis and Gable and they become a serious tag team contender and hold the titles for, and become heel tag teams and run to WrestleMania with these tag team titles, then we can say okay, they made they saved Otis's job. I will give Randy Orton and, and Riddle that is that they saved Otis's job because honestly, in my opinion, since he's uh, changed this gimmick, they should really fu- he should go join Tucker in unemployment because I don't <laughs> give a fuck about Otis. Well, listen, I don't think that either team has done a very good job of putting other teams over, but I, I mean, I think you know, I, I said it. If it wasn't the Bucks, it's probably RK Bros. So I mean, you know, I, I'm not really arguing with you. I just think that you're. Why are you arguing with me, Jeff? I think your point about you, who you put over is what makes you as a as tag team of the year. That's that's not true because the, the whole point of them being tag team of the year is that they held the gold most of the year. Um, but anyway, mo- moving on because this is this is this is just talk to talk. Oh, without a doubt. But that's what that that's what makes it a podcast. We have a lot of topics. We don't need to fabricate no. content. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Um, but all right, let's talk. We've got three more to go, Jeff. We'll run through these real quick. Best promo. You start. I'm going to pick the one that everybody's talking about. Um, and that is the most recent one MJF versus Punk. People love to talk about this one as being the best promo of the year. They went 20 plus minutes, they drew ratings. There's a lot of hype. This was uh, on paper to be the uh, a, a dream match, and here you got the promo. They're making winky winky faces at WWE. Hey, you know you're Cena. You're the Miz. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody's still talking about it. Everybody's gonna be talking about it for the years to come. This is the promo of the year. I think that you're right. I'm going to give two honorable mentions. There was a promo exchange between John Cena and Roman Reigns, one of the first ones where John Cena's like, yeah, you may smash me, but all I have to do is beat you one, two, three. I thought that was pretty good. He actually got the crowd on on his side. And then the other one, although I don't like it, I don't like the result of it. I, I don't even particularly like the guy who did it. But when Adam Cole absolutely abolished and destroyed Carrying Cross on the microphone in NXT. Um, oh, that was a good that, one. You're right. That 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 deserves some mention. But yeah, I I agree with you. The the 22 minutes or 21 minutes of MJF and CM Punk in the middle of that ring that that was definitely the best promo battle of of the year. And they both gave good promos. I actually think that uh, MJF probably uh, did slightly better on that, but. The exchange was was good, so I yeah we agree on promo of the year. Awesome! Look at that. We out of 
I want to say one, two, three, four, five, six. I, I also want to give another honorable mention to a guy I give a hard time to, and that's Big E. I thought his promo in Tampa uh, before WrestleMania when he was on his oh. high school football field, I thought that was amazing. That Big E I could get behind. Look at you. You should give more praise to WWE. I give praise to what deserves praise. And the reason I'm particularly hard on WWE is because they have all the resources in the world to put together a better product. And at this point, and probably for a long time, but like I'm late to the game in, in acknowledging this, it's like almost like they purposely don't want to. It's like they're purposely just like giving you the finger and saying, fuck you. Now, this is the point of the show where you tell me you should give more praise to AEW. I, I, I'm not spitting <laughs> into the wind. <laughs> All right, Jeff, let's talk about female wrestler of the year. Who do you think is the female wrestler of the year? Britt Baker. Britt Baker. That's a good pick. Just, I mean, I would say she's the female wrestler of the last two years. Um, I, you know, I, my my other pick for this, maybe a little surprising, is Bianca Blair. I think from beginning of the year to the end of this year, no one has been consistently as good or great. I wasn't really buying her as a baby face for a while, but it, it's working now. I don't know if she's changed or I've changed, but it's working. Um, but... Britt Baker is like must-see or must-hear TV because really her promos are better than her wrestling. Um, and it's starting to, you know, they're, they're starting to do like a possible schism with Jamie Hayter. Who knows, which, which is, you know, not great. But I don't know. She's just like, I'm not a guy who loves women's wrestling. You know, I, and like there aren't that many women's promos that generally I feel like I need to hear. I feel like I need to hear and see Britt Baker speak. I think her stuff with Tony is hysterical. Uh, if they ever start bringing the Adam Cole versus Tony thing into reality, that'll be hysterical. I just, I think even the references between MJF and CM Punk, uh, where, where like that became like a mini controversy for two years and they weaved it in there. It's just like she's so good. She's so important. She makes it into all of these other things. So, Rip Baker, ever since the Jericho Cruise. I agree. I agree. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I myself picked Bianca Belair. It's funny that you mentioned her as an honorable mention. Um, her match with Sasha Banks. Uh, you know, we we discussed this going into WrestleMania. I said Sasha Banks is at that upper echelon of talent where now it's not about making Sasha Banks. It's about making other stars. Mm -hmm. And she did that with Bianca Belair. You need two people to tango in that ring. Bianca came came up and and met Sasha Banks, and I think she did really good. Her run um, as the WWE Women's Champion, I think, was considered lackluster, but I think that is mostly the fault of the fans. I feel WWE fans are very fickle when the babyface finally wins, that the babyface cannot stay a you know, as the champion for too long or else people get bored and tired of it. And I think that's what happened to Bianca. People will say that she wasn't booked right, but I think she was booked right. She was booked strong. She was the winner up until she went and ran into Becky Lynch. People will argue that she was squashed, but the stuff that she's doing right now with Dewdrop, 
like these feats of strength you see she gets again we let's talk about biggest pops of the week bianca belair putting dewdrop in the kiss of death like i saw somebody write down forget about hogan slamming andre this should replace that that clip now i'm not one to agree with that but this is what people are talking about this is how how huge that move was and there's no other athlete in in professional wrestling that i believe can execute that move like bianca belair uh well certainly no female wrestler that can and dewdrop is is not a small woman and you know i, I know that she didn't execute the move on otis but she put him in the same oh, position right. and, and carried him about 10 feet and in, in a feet of strength you know over her back as well i mean she that's right and, him over, and but... even tucker uh, tucker couldn't carry him uh that far <laughs> right well anyway um yeah no i mean I, I and i don't think that bianca was was booked badly i mean she was ambushed by becky she was taken by surprise and becky cheated a bunch of times uh since to keep the belt and yeah the, not all of it was great but it was fine it's wrestling that the the chases like people have convinced themselves like title runs are really important but it's the the, the chases where the money is and you know the right. days and they complain too i mean they complain about how long roman reigns has the belt they got tired of kenny omega with the belt i mean people will be lynching bruno san martino now with those eight-year runs oh without oh my god without a doubt jeff uh bruno wouldn't have lasted the eight years in in, in today's era yeah everyone's like why who should they build up in the women's division in aw i'm like i couldn't care less i mean it was like <laughs> ten, 10 years with nwa and wcw rip flair basically always had the title Every now and then, Harley Race would win for two months. Kerry Von Erich would win for three months. Ronnie Garvin would hold the title for two months. Dusty had a couple things. Sting would, but it was always Ric Flair. Everyone else had short titles. It was basically Flair, and then people would, you know, you know, tr try to get it until they, you know, tried to replace him with with Luger or whatever. Um, you know, this is this is fine, and no, and you know, nobody remembers any of that stuff. They, they just remember that it was a good time, that it was fun um and but but that you do remember who flair put over you remember dusty Rhodes, ricky steamboat all these guys that that flair lost to like he made these guys because well, he they was, also helped make him wahoo mcdaniel also nikita cola i mean everyone both of the rock and roll express both of the road warriors tried their hands at, at singles i don't i mean Everyone did the the free birds all you know Michael Hayes tried singles run gorgeous Jimmy yeah. Harvin tried some I mean everyone they 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 gave everyone a chance Tommy Rich uh, I mean it was all over the place I think even like Bob Dundee or Bill Dundee uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. yep I mean everyone it didn't matter because it was always Flair you always chasing the asshole the guy who was always <laughs> cheating and conniving who the, the horseman would come and run in and and you know lay the feet down and you know it, it, you know everyone's you know flair's like <laughs> he's like my record I, I won the championship whatever whatever number he uses that week but he said i won the championship 17 times my record is 17 and ten thousand. because he <laughs> i lost ten thousand matches the figure four nobody i never beat anyone with a figure four leg like which isn't true but but he's like he's like yeah my 17 time world channel yeah my, my record is 17 and ten thousand. <laughs> yeah yeah no but he's right but that, that i mean again cool before he like became a complete 
joke of himself. Oh, you're right. All right, Jeff, let's get to the main event. Let's talk about the best match of the year. What are what is your pick of the best match of the year? The triple threat WrestleMania, Roman Reigns retaining over Edge and, and Daniel Bryan. I thought that was a terrific match. Wow, I feel like that's a shock right there. Roman versus Edge. Why'd you like that match so much? I thought it had the right amount of tension. I thought that some of the the saves were very cleverly executed. Um, how you know Daniel Bryan wouldn't let Edge lose at particular points, or wouldn't let Ro- you know Roman tap out to Edge. You know, I, I thought it was all. I thought it was very smart, and the timing was very expert. It was like it, it gave us the false finishes of your Ring of Honors or your AEW matches, but it just. See- but the technique and the execution was well produced. It, I mean, this is a silly metaphor, but it reminds me when I saw Guns N' Roses in concert and Aerosmith in concert. And, you know, and... and Sounds like a good time. Yeah, and, and this was both like, this was like 89 and 1990, respectively. And Guns N' Roses was a mess. I mean, I love the music, but they were a mess. Aerosmith was just coming back. I think it was the uh, Love and the... Well, Permanent Vacation, I think was the album that they came back with. Um, after a layoff, and they were so perfectly executed, their, their their production was so flawless that I'm like, Jesus Christ, Guns N' Roses sucked until that time. I'm like, Guns N' Roses was great. I'm like, no, they sucked. And I had realized that the band before, which was Deep Purple, which was also awesome, but Aerosmith was so much above Deep Purple. It was just perfect. It was just it was just perfect technique. It, it's like the difference between going to like a Fleming Steakhouse and going to like. A, like one of those James Beard, you know, Top Chef, you know, winner restaurants. It's like it's like there's been like a good rest, a good steak steakhouse, but like an outback. No, I I mean I mean like Fleming's or Ruth Chris or whatever, and like a Michael Mina in a Four Seasons or or like a James Beard winning like like a Chef's Kiss kind of thing. There's nothing like spending time with my mom. I feel so safe and happy when I'm with her, and she's always been there for me. So when she told me about all the trips to the casino she had been taking lately, it was hard for me to hear. That's when I texted, we know the feeling. They connected me to a counselor who understands me, and they are helping me support my mom. Things have gotten a lot better, and they can get better for you too. How has gambling interrupted or affected your life? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, text I-L-G-A-M-B to 53342, or visit weknowthefeeling.org. Need a last-second gift? Rethink it. The best gifts don't come with a price tag, and you can't buy them online. Patagonia and the Dirtbag Diaries present a four-part podcast series about unique gifts that change lives and bring people together outside. Give used, give back, give knowledge, and get inspired. Listen to the best gift on the Dirtbag Diaries podcast on Spotify. Now I'm getting hungry. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, I thought that was a great match. And there were I, I think there were a lot of great matches. I think last week's main event on Dynamite in a vacuum was a great match. I think Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson rather against Miro was a great match. Uh I you know, there were there were other great matches this year, but that one given the stakes, the stage and the execution and I was surprised. I mean, nobody wanted Daniel Bryan in that match. They were all the memes how Daniel Bryan gets his way into everything. Uh mm-hmm. Obviously, people know I'm not that big of an Edge fan, though. You know, he has a shelf life with me. I think it was still in the, you know, still safe to drink uh, era then. But I, I just thought that match was great. I just thought it was spectacular. And after 
two nights of very long WrestleMania shows that I was that invested in the match probably means that it was even better than I remember. Wow. That's a good sell. That's a good sell. I've seen a lot of people pick that match. Um, I'm going to pick um, not as many, not not that many, but I've seen a a good handful. Um, Darby, I'm going to pick pick close. I'm going to (laughs) pick Daniel Bryan versus Minoru Suzuki. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm picking Seth Seth versus Edge at Hell in the Cell. Oh, my God. I think that match was was superb. It told a story. It's your pick. It's they fine. Beat, beat the shit out of each other. Edge was surprising that he could last in that type of a match. We heard you the first. And amazing. Just amazing. Why are you shaking your head? You know why. <laughs> you think Vince will send me my money now? Vince has no idea who you are. <laughs> Even worse, he has no idea who I am. He's going to mumble. He's going to... Give him a gift card to Outback. He's becoming... $40. Do you think he's becoming Sling Blade? You can't even even get one steak at Outback for $40. That would be Vince. He would give you a gift card for exactly $1 under the lowest price steak. Oh, no. Oh, if like the no. lowest price steak is like twenty four ninety nine, he'd give you a gift card for twenty three ninety nine. Yeah, Jeff, that's been our year in review. I I think we covered it all. Um, any other honorable mentions you think you want to just shout out right now? Overrated match of the year. Uh, I think anything with Suzuki and it has to be overrated match of the year. Mm, all and good. all of Punk's return matches have been overrated. Mm. I think all of Dante Martin's matches have been overrated. Same thing with Wheeler Utah. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Wheeler Utah. Mm-hmm. I will crazy. say that the, the, an underappreciated line was Bobby Fish when he said, "What the hell is a Utah anyway?" <laughs> Nobody knows, and this That'll is why the he's... only positive thing you ever hear me say about Bobby Fish. Yeah. All right, Jeff. So we've covered it there. There you have it, guys. Our, our 2021 year in review. We're going to move on to our usual, our, our, our regular, regularly scheduled show of reviews of this week's wrestling. Jeff, do you want to start with AEW or do you want to start with WWE? Start with WWE because I think it's going to be relatively quick. And I actually took some notes this week. So, I mean, SmackDown, I've got very little. We had the, the, titular firing of Paul Heyman by Roman Reigns and the Superman punch, which, you know, I, I think, you know, quite possibly might be a swerve. I think a lot of oh, people yeah. think that. So, I, you know, I like that question. This this is the story that I was begging for, that, that when everyone was saying Brock's going to come back to Raw, I'm like, I'd rather see him on SmackDown so we get the whose side is Paul on. And I was right. It's working. It just took them a while to get there. So that's happening. So that was good and noteworthy. And also, as predicted, Charlotte has now lost two in a row to Tony Storm. Were you shocked going back to Roman? Uh, pretty much, I I don't know who turned on who, whether Heyman turned on Roman or Roman turned on Heyman. But I agree with you. I think it's a work. Um, I guess my question was: Did is you Taylor in on it? Is she the architect? Is, is Kayla the architect? Do you think Bronson that... Bronson going to come back. 
Bronson Reed's going to be the heavy? Yeah. <laughs> you, you keep distracting me. You're der- derailing me here. Um, do you, did you, were you find, did you find it a shock that Heyman says, I'm not worried about, what was it? I'm not worried about what you're going to do to Brock. I'm worried about what Brock's going to do to you. Right. I'm not trying to protect Brock Lesnar from you. I'm trying to protect you from Brock Lesnar. That's right. No, I wasn't surprised. I was, I was just, I think that's what made it so good because I was just like, wow, he really said this shit to to Roman Reigns. I can't believe it. I knew that's what he was going to say. As soon as Roman said, why are you protecting Brock from me? I knew that's what he was going to say, but I think it works both ways because it could be the swerve. It's playing to Brock's ego or he could really be with Brock. So either way, it works. I think I, I think this is great. So I'm, you know, I, I you, know, you say I should say more positive things about WWE. There's your positive thing. Uh, the rest of SmackDown, I thought was, you know, I, I mean, it was a, pl- it, it's an okay show. SmackDown is WWE main roster's best show out of two. So it was, <laughs> it, it was okay. I mean, the Happy Corbin stuff is horrendous. Um, you know, I, I, I guess it's okay that the Viking Raiders are starting to get some wins and, and there actually seems to be a tag team division in SmackDown between Los Lotharios and the Usos and the New Day and the Street Profits and, and the Vikings. And I guess in theory, Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. So, you know, I like that. I, I like that aspect. I, I keep thinking they're they're going to try to put somebody into Jeff Hardy's slot with Drew McIntyre. I don't think they've quite given up on that yet. It seems to be likely because, you know, they're having the, the sword stealing contest with Madcap and Corbin. So, oh. you know, I think it's going to be Ricochet. Maybe it's Mansoor. Uh, we got this report this week. The creative is nothing for Mustafa Ali or Mustafa Ali. Maybe this is I think that's bullshit. Him. I think it's true. I don't know what to do with him either. Um, no, I think he, didn't his wife just uh, give birth? He's on paternity leave, right? She she did, but they still might not have anything for him. I, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I I, I don't know that WWE is the place for 180 pound wrestlers. I just you know, unless your name is Mysterio. But no, um, but I mean, he he serves a purpose. He does good, and I think I think they really like Mustafa. But hey, who knows? I I've said that shit before, and then they've they've released a bunch of people. I think he'd be. I mean, I think the problem for him, and people are going to hate me, but I think it's the same thing for a lot of guys. I think he's better as a mouthpiece who sometimes gets in the matches. Not as comical as Robert Stone and not just as pure managerial as Malcolm Bivens, but, you know, maybe sort of like how Christian is is dealing with Jurassic Express a little bit. I mean, I don't know. You know, I I think that him as a manager, like as a player coach manager, where he's mostly the manager, you know, sort of like how MVP was doing before he got hurt and really couldn't be in the ring any longer. Um, Yeah, that that, that I think would be a better role for him. But anyway, I don't really remember anything else from SmackDown other than there was a I think there was a silly women's match. I I agree with you about um, Ali as his role is defined as that. And maybe that's what they wanted to give to Adam Cole. And he said, no, um, going back to Roman, just real quick. Do you think that Roman at this point in time, I'm going to ask you two questions, both similar. Do you think Roman where he is now 
as a dominant heel, the champion, do you think that he needs Paul Heyman? No, I haven't thought he needed Paul Heyman for a long time. I think that they thought he needed Paul Heyman, but I think early on he he got this role. I mean, him being a heel, people have been crying for him to be a heel for five years now. Um, right. And this is one of the things that WWE has done right and not fucks with. They've actually handled this one correctly. Everything else they like to fucks with. Um so no, I don't. I don't think Roman needs him at all. I'm not sure Brock does either. I mean, he's that was going to be my next question. Do you think that Brock needs at this point, when we've seen him do on his own the last couple of weeks? Do you think he needs Heyman? Right now, I think not. But I think it's just because it's so unexpected and he's sort of surprisingly funny. But I think long term, the answer is yes. I, I think short term, Brock can handle the the speaking role on his own in this particular storyline, but I, I think it was any other storyline. I'm not sure that it would work and I don't trust the writers. So I'm going to say, yeah, long-term, I do think that Brock does need someone like a Paul Heyman. It doesn't have to be Paul Heyman, but someone like a Paul Heyman. Right. I, I agree with you there. I think Paul Heyman is best suited to be at the side of Brock Lesnar, especially a heel Brock Lesnar. This funny business with Brock works as long as he's face, but I don't know how long he's going to be face. We know that this is probably going to be the last time they square up until possibly WrestleMania in some triple threat or four way. I don't know. Sammy's um, name could be Brock's spokesperson. You know, once they get past their, their little hunting you know, trip. Yeah. Yeah. Once they actually go on that bonding trip, you know, Sammy <laughs> is a great talker and he could be a bum taking manager. I know people, you know, he's, well, he's Kevin Owens just turned what thirty seven. Sami Zayn's at least the same age. I mean, that's not old in the in the world of wrestling, but it is when you came up on the indies, especially like CZW and XBW and Ring of Honor. So mm -hmm. uh, it's I mean, it's different than you know, sort of like Robert Roode, who spent most of his career in Impact and then NXT and WWE, more safe styles. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting, but yeah, I, to answer your question. Right now, no. Long-term, yes. Okay. Let's talk about Raw. Um, I I liked Raw this week. I thought Raw was... Do you uh, like Raw every week? No, there's there's some weeks that I don't like Raw. Okay, like three. Listen, this is probably how I ended up with four kids because I like Raw a lot. No, listen, you know, as what counts as a friend of yours, just stop. Just stop right now. <laughs> I don't know where I don't know where that sentence was going to go, but there's, there's no. That was just no... going to stop. I was going to yeah. stop right there. Good, good man. Yes, I'm not. Yep. So raw, was, so raw was good. So tell us what you like about <laughs> raw. I mean, uh, what's there not to like? Lashley continues his dominance. Oh. I think Lashley last week we talked about it. This man went for over an hour in and out of these different wrestling matches. He really showcased his his athleticism, um, and this week. Um, Again, more Lashley. La I didn't think that I was going to enjoy Lashley as this tweener, but I kind of do. And I like the idea that now there's this friction between him and MVP. What's the story there? I also like that I don't know who's going to win this match at day one. I don't know, Jeff. I agree with that last point. I don't know, and I do like that. I find it intriguing. I don't like the stuff that they're doing with Lashley and, and MVP. 
And I wish it could be one of those things where it was intriguing, like Paul Heyman, whose side is he on? But no, this is just something that they're that, that works, and they fucked with it. They, it. It's it worked for like twenty years. They've been trying to get Lashley over, and finally they find something that works, and within a year they fucks with it. Now, if it does work, if like he's embraced as a babyface, and there are people who are cheering for him, so cool. Um, but I don't like this. I didn't like Raw this week. Probably no surprise there. But there were positives, uh, and I'm but, but, and I, go. Yep, yep. Sorry, I because I know we talked about this before the show. You yeah. also have a, a, a bone to pick with the fact that that it looks like the the hurt business is dead, dead. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, last week there was a no disqualification stipulation mm-hmm. and MVP comes in. Where are the Hurt Business? Why aren't they the ones? I mean, Seth and Kevin Owens interfered early on. Instead of instead of saying no outside interference, which would have been a stipulation that would have made sense coming from Alan Pierce, he says no DQ. That doesn't stop there from being these melees and these beatdowns. So it's MVP with the cane. In logic, it should be the Hurt Business. At least explain why the Hurt Business weren't there. If they they reformed the Hurt Business only to get beat up by Goldberg and maybe to get these guys some merch royalties. And then it looks like they're breaking up the Hurt Business anyway. It's like it's almost like Vince is playing with his food. He must hate Shelton and Cedric, um, <laughs> which is funny because one of our arguments last year was who's going to have a better year, Cedric or Swole? And, you know, Swole <laughs> completely... And, and I think even... Though Swole had one promo, one terrible match, nothing, and then retired due to Crohn's disease or whatever, it, it's still not entirely, you know, I, I would say that it's not that clear that Cedric's having a better year than Swole. Now, yeah, he probably is. He's he's getting the six-figure income from WWE. So, yes, he is. But the fact that that joke is not entirely a joke it is a bad statement. Okay, I think it's about- a false flag. I think, and then we can move on to the rest of Raw. During right in between the segments, right there's this there's this beef between Lashley and MVP, and there's these seeds of doubt planted. But despite his, you know, disagreement with, as he called him P, and his tactics of winning the match against Big E, Lashley is still wearing a hurt business shirt. Lashley. It, I I think that's he was he was he was if you pay close attention and that's what I caught and I said why is this man dress shirt? No, in in the hallway interview he is Biggie is being interviewed and Lashley saddles up next to him and then they pan away to just Biggie and Lashley talking hmm. and then Sarah Schreiber walks away and in that shot he's still wearing the the hurt business shirt. Okay. And that got me thinking, this is bullshit. The Hurt Business is getting back together. It's just what he had in his locker room. I mean, they're, 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 they're not that clever. <laughs> but you know what? If they wanted to be clever, it would have yeah. been fine. You know, there's plenty of ways that they could have handled this. They could even plan it that MVP is not happy with, you know, what Lashley's doing. And he's sort of torn. Like, he figures that if Lashley loses... He can win that way by betraying him. If Lashley wins, he's still in business with the champion. So they could have had a scene where you see Cedric and Shelton getting a text, and they're going, oh, it's from MVP. 
Yeah, what, what, what's what, what's he say? What, what's P saying? He's saying that we should meet him at the Palm for for dinner. That that that, that we can take the, the night off. That the the champ says he's got this, no problem. And I'm like, you sure? Yeah. Look, oh, I just got the same text. Oh, what's this? Hey, he sent us an Uber. It's a limo. Let's go. I mean, they just could have done that. They just could have done. I mean, I just came up with this. Or they or they could have had come up with any other re, any other number of reasons. Why? Why the hurt business wasn't there? It's just they've just completely forgotten about them, and and that's something that was working, and now there's nothing to do with them, and they're not even making them important as a tag team. So it's something they're working, and they're fucks with. So that's a negative. But on the positive, in hour one of Raw, there were three matches. Okay, sometimes on Raw you get three matches total, so there were three matches in the first hour. That's a positive. I'm not even a match guy, but wrestling shows should have wrestling matches. And everything, even the stuff I did not like, were wrestling stories. So we had The Miz doing his show. I don't much care for The Miz, but he made some Jacksonville Jaguar references about Urban Urban Meyer and his staff having conflict. Whenever they're talking about the Jaguars, it's like a cousin once removed insulted AEW. I'm fine (laughs) with it. I like the promotions bickering. I don't mind when AEW calls out WWE. And and it's about time WWE did the same thing. I think it's funny. WCW and WWF used to do it all the time. It was great. I love it. I don't care. I love it. Then there were some remarks about Maurice, which were lame. Um, the apology was lame. I did notice that the on the microphone, the WWE logo thing was upside down. Now, that can either be on purpose because it looks like a double M for Mike Mizanin, but I haven't noticed that before. Doesn't mean he's always he's it. always had it on his when he hosts his show. He always has it upside down. Oh, is that right? So I've just yeah. missed it every time before. All right. Yeah. I just figured it was a, it was a distress signal, like upside down flags mean we we're in trouble, like a ship. Oh no, no, no! It's it's because right. he's the Miz. Okay, that's fine. Um, well, he's Mike Mazanin. Um, that too. We right? got we got the breakup of AJ and Almas. I know a lot of people saying that they rushed it. I don't care. I, I don't think it was really rushed. It's fine. Um, I don't think it was rushed either. I think it was just well. I think it's it's time. What what when when should this shit happen? Next yeah. year? No, I agree. And, and actually, I actually made separate notes. I said, the Miz and Olmos relationship is sort of interesting because if almost isn't ready to be a singles wrestler, but you want to get him away from AJ or you want AJ to, you know, sort of groom or or test uh, Grayson Waller in NXT, which I think he is. I think he's testing him. Uh, but you want to get let AJ have another singles run, but you, you want almost to be in another tag team with another guy who's safe and who can do most of the talking. The Miz is a pretty solid choice for that. Also, almost if you want to do singles, him against Edge could be a WrestleMania match, and that would be interesting because it's safe. Edge would be the underdog face. Don't let stress wear you down. End the year feeling great at Planet Fitness with our big end of year sale. Join for just $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime now through December 31st. And end the year on the right or left foot with tons of variety and space in our squeaky clean and spacious clubs. And use a crowd meter in our app to pick the best time to visit. Join for just $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. In club, online, or on our app. Deal ends December 31st. Join now at your local club or online at planetfitness.com. Hurry, deal ends Friday, December 31st. See club for details. Fall is the most birthday-packed season of the year, so chances are you have a few celebrations coming up. Make sure your friends and family feel special with a gorgeous bouquet of roses from 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers makes it easy to send the perfect gift. 24 multicolored roses for just $39.99. 
To get 24 multicolored roses for just $39.99, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. If almost wins, well, he's supposed to be seven foot four. He's a giant. He's a monster. Even if he sucks, he should win. Just like the big show can win every match. If Edge wins, he's a legend. Almost lost to a 14-time champion Hall of Famer. So there's a couple ways there. So I found positive nuggets in a segment that I generally didn't really care for. You think the WrestleMania match is Edge versus Almost, not Edge versus AJ? I think it could be Edge versus Almost. I'm not. I'm not mm. making WrestleMania match predictions. I'm just saying that down the line, that's something that could happen, and because of this dynamic that seems to be happening, I could say maybe it's more of a SummerSlam. Maybe it'll be Edge and um, Beth Phoenix versus Miz and Maurice at WrestleMania. Maybe Almost gets involved with his new buddy uh, Miz. And then Edge and almost is either one of the lesser pay-per-views between WrestleMania or SummerSlam, or that's a SummerSlam match. But whatever it is, I, these are just little nuggets I I took from that that, that could be interesting. Um, the Orton-Chad Gable match, I, I don't like what they're doing with the Alpha Academy. I don't like how they're treating that tag team. Everyone knows that I like tag team wrestling. We all know Vince doesn't. But at least it was short. And this thing with Orton and, and Otis, despite what you say about Otis, yeah, he's not winning a lot of matches, but they're making him look like something. And this thing where he shrugged off two RKOs. And so it looks I like we're going to get a little singles pr- program with Otis and Orton. The only problem for younger Otis is that's with Orton, and Orton doesn't lose many. Uh, but we'll see. But Gable always losing, him being the weak link is dumb, and him losing matches quickly is dumb. But it's a wrestling story. This was a wrestling story. The 24 7 stuff is just plain dumb. But I sort of like the dynamic between Dana Brooke and and Reggie. And this is like really the only time I found Dana Brooke to be likable. Attractive. Oh, sorry. No, no, likable as a character. Like I haven't cringed when she's spoken. It's like sort of cute. I think that her and Reggie, like, and, and it's like her. Reggie speaking nothing. It's the same always, but. Her speaking to him, like, I think she might really have, like, a little crush on him or something. But whatever it is, it, it, it's – I'm not saying it's – it's the Tazawa stuff stupid. The the archery stuff is stupid. Love the it, the Tamina it, stuff it. stupid. It's all stupid. But she – I don't know. It, it, this this was sort of cute. So, anyway, we also got three matches an hour or two and wrestling stories. Didn't like them all, but, but a good formula. Um, you know, we got the Finn Balor beating Austin, Austin Theory. Theory. We have Damian Priest still doing his Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing, uh, basically fighting with a tag team, which, you know, I, I took a note here that both the U.S. and the Intercontinental Champions are involved with tag team adversaries as opposed to singles adversaries, which is just wasteful on two levels. It's wasting of the tag teams, which should be involved in tag team disputes, and it's wasteful of those titles where there should be singles competitors. But nevertheless, there were th- three matches. I, I just, I, It's just bizarre that both mid-card titles, if you want to call them mid-card titles, are being treated this way, basically ignored, not defended almost at all. Then we had Inaudible Vince trying to recreate his heel heat and his, his character of Mr. McMahon. It's almost okay, but he did make one great reference, which I'm sure you loved. And he said, oh, I loved it. You say it, Envious. This, this, this is really for you. Tee it up for you. He said, 
he what happens is so theory lost the match with balor and he's like i'm sorry mr mcmahon and he's like yeah but then he's gonna give you one later on he beat him up in the hallway and, and he did and he and he's like i've got ruthless aggression and he's like but you still lost so i'm gonna give you an opportunity to make it up you're gonna fight finn balor one more time next week but if you lose and he's like, I'm going to get fired. He's like, I love firing people right before the holidays. Gives me a warm feeling in my midsection here. Yeah, very, very, just very, ate a, a very heavy meal. Very good very, meal. Very scroogey. Mm. Very, very, very Scrooge. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Well, the line that I thought that you would really love, because there's some, I mean, what don't you love that he says? But he said, I'm not one of those idiot billionaires who invests, <laughs> who, who makes losing investments. And that was absolutely a comment towards Shad Khan, who is the billionaire. Tony Khan is yes. not a billionaire. Uh, well, Shad I Khan told you this entire segment is him schooling Tony. Well, I don't know if that's the case or not, but this was, and but he was talking to Shad. I guess as uh, one failed football league owner to a failed NFL mm -hmm. franchise. See, owner see to you're another. seeing you're seeing the metaphor now. I like it. You scoffed at me two weeks ago. You were like, "This is bullshit." You're high. Well, I mean, I think that you could have been wrong then and right now. I mean, that's possible also. But what I'm saying is the positives for the first two hours: wrestling stories, three matches in each of the first two hours. Now, this is where Raw once again falls off the, the cliff. Hour three, where they least can afford to fall off the cliff, because this is where they lose people. Hour three, you had the cutting edge segment with Maurice, where she's babbling on and on about how she's uh, a wife and raising the kids and all by herself and blah, 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 which is nonsense. First of all, her whining was atrocious. It sounded like everybody's ex-wife out there. Uh, actually, like most people's current wives, because if they're an ex-wife, you don't hear it. Um, but... It's more bullshit here because we have seen them on a reality show with all of the help they have, both from family and staff, and how great and dedicated the father, the Miz, is. So it doesn't work. Now, I guess they saw the error of their ways and they quickly reversed course on this silly story anyway, instead of uh, saving the betrayal for later. But it took more than a half hour before we got to a single match in hour three. And in, in that 35 minutes or so before they even transitioned to a match, we got a Liv Morgan promo. Oh, She's coming out in something that her grandmother knitted for her. It was like she's some hippie. It, it looked hot. bad on her. It wasn't hot or made. Her boobies look small and hot. droopy. That's who she is. Whatever. Her promo sucked. Becky schooled her again. So at, at least Becky was good in this, but Liv sucked, and there were too many recaps. And then we find that then we get to the main event. But in between the announcement of the main event and the start of the main event are four entrances, commercials, recaps. So from minute 35 to basically minute 46, it, it takes us before the schmoz match starts. And you know it's going to be a schmoz match. And it was a schmoz match. Um, and it wasn't a particularly good schmoz match. It was fine. Um, but, you know, all I'll say is that. At least the formula is closer to right, even though there's a substantial amount of the ideas that are plain old bad. But the formula might be more important than the execution at this point. Um, 
because that's what you need for a wrestling show. Because I've seen the same thing in NXT. Like in the beginning of NXT 2.0, they were just throwing shit out there. They were trying characters. They were just putting promos out there and just throwing stuff together. But then they started like coalescing feuds and wrestling stories and sort of. And now the last three weeks, it it's been I think you know the most easy to digest wrestling show on. I'm not saying it's the best wrestling show, but it's it's much better. It's it's good. It's not great, but it's good. Should, should I should I call somebody? Is do you have Stockholm syndrome? Yes. <laughs> yes to both. I I like Raw. I think they've been doing a great job with their um, their booking for a long for for several weeks now, and I think this is a good stuff. I hated. I agree with you. I hated the Liv Morgan stuff. Liv, um, in a promo by herself in the middle of the ring. Oh my God, she was drowning out there. I tweeted myself. I was like, they need to send Becky out there fast because she is drowning. And they finally did. Becky made the segment better. Um, I don't like the idea of Liv Morgan outsmarting Becky. I don't buy it. I really hope, as we discussed this last week, that this day one match is pretty much a showcase of Becky truly turning heel, but putting Liv over as a babyface when she puts her in the disarmor and doesn't let go and she just passes out. We'll see Whatever. if that's the finish. Don't care. But I think Liv is on a thin line of losing her spot. There was zero reaction. Previously, a couple weeks back, she's been getting some reaction, right? She got reaction in the match. She got reaction last week when she was uh, in the aisle way. But this week, it was crickets out there. Nobody mm-hmm. gave a fuck. And it that... Because she's so bad at talking, and she's been talking. And correct, she's not, correct. And she's not that good at wrestling, and she's been wrestling. But people have been paying attention to her now because they have to pay attention to her now. They're saying, huh, she's really not all that good. But you're right. She is in a precarious position because you know who's coming back soon? Asuka's coming back soon. Bailey's coming back soon. Presumably, Alexa Bliss is coming back soon. Lacey Evans. uh, Lacey Evans might be on that trajectory as well. It's been rumored Dakota Kai will be on SmackDown this week. Yes, I understand SmackDown's a different show. Probably, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but I have a feeling that Raquel Gonzalez is coming up to the main roster after uh, New Year's Evil as well. Um, because they have a lot of women on the on the women's roster in NXT uh, that they want to sort of focus on. Um, so I think this is make or break. And, and it's funny, in pre-production, we were talking about some of the people who I predicted that would be cut. And on my list was Liv Morgan. She's the only one on, on the list that you named I got wrong. All the rest of them got, did get cut. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't even want her to. I, I think that, that letting Ruby go was a mistake, not because she's so great. She gets no reaction AW, but I think they were a pretty good tag team. And I and I think of one of the big mistakes that WWE has made is not having women's tag teams to make those titles feel important. They're utterly unimportant because there are no tag teams, uh, even more so than the men's titles. So, again, roster versus cast. Don't need to rehash that again because we've got, uh, got a lot to cover. But yeah, those were my those were my WWE notes on NXT. Um, 
I'll just say that I, I don't think that it's a big deal that AJ Styles went down to NXT and that Riddle is still doing vignettes with uh, MSK. I, I think that they're giving Riddle some time off. I hope that's all it is. He's worked really hard this year. And AJ, they're, they're obviously, he's going to be the face. And so if they want him to test some of the people in NXT, so be it. I mean, let, let, let him, as the 43, 44-year-old veteran, one of the best wrestlers in history and certainly one of the best wrestlers working today, let him work with some of the younger people. All I will say is that it's a little bit funny that they could create a faction called the, uh, you know, like the VIPs or whatever. Called the, you could call them the very in, impact players or something like that. <laughs> you could AJ Styles, Cameron Grimes, LA Knight, former Eli Drake, and Dexter Loomis, fa- former Sam Shaw, all sort of being the veterans on the NXT 2.0 roster right now. So you could have a, a nice little four man uh, tandem there, faction, uh, all former impact um, uh, talents. You're just missing Drake Maverick. I don't miss Drake Maverick. And, and listen, when Aww. I talk about wrestlers, I don't miss them or I'm not going to say anything good. It, it's not personal. It's just that as performers on my TV, I, I hope they all found great things. Too. I think that there's things that Drake Maverick and, and that lots of these folks could do that they'd be great at. I mean, I think that Drake Maverick would be a really great like authority figure like with him and Renee Michelle. I think that would be fun as shit, um, you know, in some promotion. Um, but... Um, Anyway, we di- we digress, but yeah, I, ju- I just think that's a little bit fun. But you know, NXT, if you're not watching it and you feel like giving up on some other shows, or you're just watching YouTube highlights of Raw and SmackDown, uh, or whatever it is, give NXT another try because it's it's. I mean, again, it's not great, but it's good, and it's probably going to get better because I-, I think that they are sort of. I mean, I, sort of, I think they sort of figured out that Andre Chase is not going to be a star, so he's going to sort of be the jobber, and he's jobbing on 205 Live also. I think that the Duke Hudson experiment is probably largely over. I think that they're going to slowly move some of these guys up to the main roster. Um, you know, they, they're doing some interesting things. It, it, it's okay. If, if, if you don't view it as long-term investments and long-term story, uh, I think that you'll enjoy it. It's certainly more interesting than when Kyle O'Reilly was in the main event. Segway. Oh, and and speaking of Kyle O'Reilly, that's right. What a great segue. Thanks for teeing that up. Let's get into our AEW review. Um, this past Dynamite uh, featured uh, the debut of uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Here Worst he is. Surprise. Worst surprise in history. Worst. I mean, n- nobody was surprised. Absolutely not a single soul on earth was surprised. You don't think so? You don't think some people were like, wow, look, finally, the band's back together. Yes, I'm sure that there were people who were, but there are people right now who are who, are, who posted this very day. Hey, it's great to see the Ring of Honor and Impact are working together because Jonathan Gresham is defending the Ring of Honor defunct title against Chris Saban. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, you know on, on Maybe it's on an impact show, or maybe it's it's you know, or maybe it's on an indie show. I don't know, but it's like they're they're not working together. He he got booked and he's carrying that prop around. I mean, it's just it's just dopey. But um, yeah, so what under so the uncon, uncontested epoch um is back together in <laughs> AEW. Uh, my only regret is that Roddy isn't with them. Um Roddy's the smartest one out of all of them. 
perhaps. The, the we'll, fact we'll that watch. he signed a, a long-term deal earlier this year, great for him. Good for him. Did he sign a long-term deal? That's what I've read from, I think it was Sean Ross Sapp, that um, you won't see Roddy in AEW, at least not for another couple of years. Ugh, I'm, you just ruined my Christmas. What a freaking Grinch you are. <laughs> I um, ruined your Christmas? Yes. You weren't, you weren't look, tuning in for Roderick Strong. I mean, first, I'm already mad because I lost the bet with the technician because I bet that he would be released by Christmas. So I owe him dinner, but that's fine because uh, that's OK. Caden already owes me dinner. So I will just by the trans of the property have Caden owe David dinner. Um, but uh, I hated this Adam Cole Orange Cassidy match. I hated I, I, just the whole thing where Orange Cassidy overpowered Adam Cole's hands and put them into Orange Cassidy's pockets. Oh, it's, I hate this shit. Yeah. The whole thing's yep. weird. This whole thing. And. and have you noticed that they don't say chaos anymore? So if Ishii or Rocky Romero is not on the show, they're no longer chaos. They're just best friends. They don't even reference chaos anymore. When Rocky Romero's there, they can't stop talking about it. They can't, they can't utter a paragraph without chaos being. It's like a Harvard grad. I went to Harvard. Really? Did you know I went to Harvard? <laughs> when I was at Harvard, chaos, chaos, shut up. Anyway, I hated this, but at the end, the worst kept secret on earth, I mean, the Bucks come in, they cause a distraction. They get chased off by the best friends, not Chaos, of course. Um, by the way, there was something where, who's the leader of Chaos? I think it's Okada. Confirmed that Sue is a member of Chaos. I mean, I mean, I mean just, someone talked to me about the, the rest in peace, Judy Bagwell. I mean, come on. This, this, oh, this, fuck. This is just dumb. Um, anyway, so... Uh, Cole was alone. Bobby Fish comes out, distracts the referee, uh, and then from behind we see the, the Kyle O'Reilly, who basically looks the same except he went back to the buzz cut, and he, you know, I don't know, hits two kicks on Orange Cassidy or something like that, and then Adam Cole rolls him up, and then they get in each other's faces for the for the six people there who watched NXT and remember that they all of these guys hated each other a few short months ago. Um, and they, they argue for a little bit, but the Bucks came out obviously upset. Like they, that wasn't the present they were going for. They didn't even mention it. That is this the present that Adam Cole was saying he was getting for the Bucks? I mean, they didn't, they didn't even hype that up. That it wasn't even part of the commentary. Commentary did a shitty job, by the way. This time, I mean, they really as many botches as Jr. makes, they 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 miss his leadership because I mean, Excalibur yep, yep. spoiled the whole main event for the January fifth card. Um, but yeah, so Adam Cole wins, and then Adam Cole leaves with the uh, uh, uncontested epoch, which is my play on Undisputed Era, of course. And the crowd's yelling "Undisputed!" And so he left with Fish and O'Reilly, and the Bucks walked out the other way with uh, Associate Stooge Brandon Cutler. Again, where's Nakazawa? I mean, he's on vacation with Callus and and Kenny. Are they they all together? That's right. Somebody's got to carry the bags. Does Nakazawa actually do the like the the cupping suction? physical therapy on him maybe 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 he's a trained uh, therapist like nakazawa and callus are they like kenny's glam squad P quite possibly you know what a glam squad is uh no okay. do you have a, do you have a glam squad almost uh, just one person but yeah like like on these real housewives shows like the women are some of the women are so rich that they actually when they travel they bring a makeup artist a uh, 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 couture advisor, they'll someone oh. to to do their hair, someone to blow out the hair. They'll bring like a group of like th 
three to five people with them as a glam squad to like, you know, so that they, when they have to wear six outfits a day for different occasions, like they always have the right makeup. They can, they coordinate the right kind of looks, the right hairstyles. It's like amazing. And like, you know, th these people are, are taking on these trips. So that's, so I'm wondering if like, uh, Callus and Nakazawa are Kenny Omega's glam squad. I mean, his glam is pretty lame, but so are they. If you're a migraine sufferer, we have incredible news for you. Nurtec ODT Remedjapan 75 milligrams is the first and only medication proven to treat and prevent migraines. Just one quick dissolved tablet can start fast and can last for up to 48 hours, helping you take control of your migraine whenever, wherever. Simply wonderful. Don't take if allergic to Nurtec. The most common side effects were nausea, stomach pain, and indigestion. For important safety prescribing and patient information, visit nurtec.com. Ask your doctor about Nurtec today. I, I think you're onto something. I think that he, they very well could be the glam squad. I might be on something. So, so anyway, <laughs> we got to, so Khan all week teased big surprises. Every every fucking week is a tease from Tony Khan. Every fucking week. Every show is a great show. Every show is the best show. Spoiler, that was the only surprise that we got. I mean, it, not, there, there were no other surprises. Everything else was already... I mean, it had already been released and widely spread around the internet that Brian Danielson was still the number one contender and was getting another shot at the January 5th show. But if there was any suspense left, the next segment is going to be Hangman Adam Page and and he's going to cut a promo. Excalibur, while doing the introductions, spoils it, and the and production was behind it because they put up the graphic of the match, the rematch between Hangman Adam Page and Brian Danielson for January fifth, the premiere of Dynamite on TBS. I get it; it's a big thing, but let them talk about it during the promos, and then do it, and then broadcast it. Anyway, Adam Page is terrible. His pro, he is. He looks like a deer in headlights. He is so unanimated. Thank God, Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson comes out. He's full heel now. He's to he's calling the crowd idiots. He's everything. He was great. He he's great. He's like, you know, if I had a, hurt my knee a little bit with that match with John Silver a couple of weeks ago, I could have. I was going to beat you. I still kicked your ass for sixty minutes, and I don't care what we need. I, I'll kick your ass for another sixty minutes. But instead of no time limit, he said. You know, and we're not going to have that kind of ending again. So we're going to have judges. So now Dan uh, Brian can just say judges. So of course I'm you know looking for gifts, and I find the 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 three judges because I know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the Bellas, and I actually was going to have the mm. Bellas and Alicia Fox, but I found one with the Bellas and Eva Marie, which is even better. So the three <laughs> the three the three judges. I mean, it'd be great if it was like Brie mode. <laughs> oh my God! Imagine mother-in-law. John Cena, <laughs> Laurenitis, right? Laurenitis. I mean, it, it'd just be fantastic. And you know, and then uh, Cena says, "I was just promoting the Peacemaker." You know, Warner Brothers is Warner Brothers, um, <laughs> but they're gonna have judges. And Hangman Page is like, "Yeah, whatever. Let's give let's give uh, some old guys our payday," which is like, first of all, you're telling us this. You basically told us it's gonna be old guys. So. Is it going to be Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, and Muda again? Or are they going to, you know, are they going to wheel in Jeff Jarrett? I mean, it's not going to be Eric Bischoff because he's been publicly feuding with with uh, uh, Tony Khan. Whatever this Daniel or Brian save this. Adam Page is still not getting Was over. It, wasn't there also a B plus player comment? Yeah, there were there were a lot of good. I mean, the references weren't bad, but you know. But most of the good stuff came from Dan, from from Brian. He said that you know 
that you're that cowboy piece of shit in there and then you know <laughs> just stuff like that but yeah there was the b plus player comment as well but, but that, i have a beef to, to a bone to pick with this one because here we go again mentioning wwe storyline wwe tactics that came from vince himself calling daniel bryan a b plus player your b plus is best that's what the, the the rumor was backstage that Vince thought of him, and then somebody mentioned that Triple H called him that on air. That's how it. That's the origin story of it. Sure. But on AEW, Brian Danielson is not a B plus player. He's the A player. So, how does Adam Page calling Brian Danielson? a B plus player do any of them any good. If he's calling him a B plus player, why did it take you an hour and you still couldn't fucking beat the guy, you dumb shit? I agree with you. And I think that you could say that Adam Page is a B plus player. And I and I like Adam Page mm. as a B plus player, as like the TNT champion. That said, I, I don't I don't mind these callbacks. I like these little shots. I, I think it's fun. And and also, the B-plus player thing was sort of co-opted earlier in the year where some rando fan on Twitter called Eddie Guerrero B-plus player. So, I mean, it's it's sort of been superseded more recently by that. But, you know, AEW, they don't really think long-term. They're, they're thinking of the, ooh, oh. You know, they, yep, 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 yep. They live in the moment. Um, you know, I mean, their philosophy is let's give people exhibition matches until they until they realize that we're giving them exhibition matches. Oh. And and maybe by then we'll figure out how to how to do stories uh, that don't involve Cody uh, and Brandy. Um, so, but wait till it, Friday. But the the interesting thing about the first hour of Dynamite was that it was really one match and three talking segments, which is a very sports entertainment WWE type of formula. I don't I didn't see any criticism for it. I mean, and the and by the way, the talking segments weren't bad. We had a Britt Baker, a Britt Baker th- segment that was fun. We had the the Pinnacle, which I thought was a pretty good segment. You know, you saw Wardlow was obviously, you know, not engaged. He was sort of looking down. He was sort of grumbling. You could sort of see, yeah, you're paying me a lot, but you're an asshole kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, FTR was doing most of the talking. And, you know, I figured out who Sean Spears is doing. I couldn't place that. I kept wanting to say Ari Gold from Entourage. That's not it. He's playing the guy from from uh, Swingers who goes, "You're so money, baby. You're so money, baby. You're so money. You're like a bear playing with your food. You don't even know how money." Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Vince Vaughn. Yeah, he's he, exactly right. It, it's it's so weird. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this unless you do, but I don't have any real issue with the Owen Hart thing. Most of most of this is because of Martha. And I don't have any issue with them honoring Owen Hart. The one thing I thought, and I know this is going to sound a little bit petty, was that uh-huh. a lot of the people who were doing the tributes to him, like Dustin makes sense. Matt Hardy makes sense. Um, CM Punk makes a little bit of sense. Like if they had Jericho, that would have made sense. But some of the people they were talking about were like five years old or 10 years old when Owen died. Now, I get it. You can go back and you can appreciate a body of a person's work after the fact. I appreciate Jackie Robinson. People appreciate 
Babe Ruth's work, whatever. Lou Gehrig. I mean, all these people died way before even me. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I get it, but they had choices of people who were his contemporaries. Mark Henry made sense, but the big show was there too. He makes sense, or allegedly he's there. I would say him. Dean Malenko, you know, you know, the, the, these guys work together. They have enough people that actually right. work together. I think it would have been more heartfelt. You know, and then you can have someone, you know, a couple of people say, you know, he really changed the industry. I mean, somebody said he really paved the way for smaller wrestlers, um, you know, which to me is the worst part of his legacy. But but it, it's true nonetheless. He was probably the first small wrestler that, that became like sort of out of a tag team star, you know, that, that mm-hmm. wasn't right Mysterio. Uh, you can talk about, you know, maybe the Dynamite Kid, but he never really made it out of the British Bulldogs. Um, I think you're gonna see um, you're gonna see those interviews coming up. I mean, they've still got a lot of weeks to get to it, right? Yeah. And not only because it's a tournament, right? So it's like you know you're gonna have to fill a couple weeks. So you'll get those interviews from you know the the old heads of uh, that knew and worked with Owen, or or even the young guys that were inspired by Owen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a big beef. I know couple i think a couple weeks ago i was joking around about um what was i joking around about i I mentioned i mentioned owen hart when everybody was bitching and moaning about something on wwe television and then i i used owen hart as a reference but uh, it'll come to me once we're off the air i guarantee you so who's got to mention now (laughs) what are you saying um i think i think it's a great great sign it is you know again you know it is what it is They're, they're they're hooking up martha hart great good for you and they're 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 selling a segment on owen hart to you know tug at the people that watched 90s wwe who are now in their forties? Yeah, so I think it's, I think right. it's basically cool. I'm okay with it. I just I'm so I'm sort of I'm glad that you are too. I mean, it, it just struck me as weird, and you know what struck me as weird is when Sean Spears was doing the was talking. I'm like, huh? Well, he's about 41, 42 years old. That that sort of makes sense, and uh, you know. And then like the next one was like Adam Cole, who's like thirty two or thirty three, and I'm thinking like. Didn't like Owen Hart die like in 99 or something, something like that. So Adam Cole was probably like nine years old when that happened. It's just like, it just seems like the wrong, like, I don't know. I just, I just sort but of he felt could like, be inspired by him. I mean, I'm pretty you know, sure you, like at a nine year old, you could be inspired by, but I, 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 I would be my knee jerk reaction, which I'm repeating now here for entertainment purposes. I think it'd be shocking to me if someone that is not a technical wrestler wins that. Except he was also comedic. Like he 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 made it okay to be funny and sort of at the at you know near the top of the card as well. I I I agree with you. I I think um, go you. you, Sorry, real quick. This is uh, uh, my joke. I better see somebody that's a technical wrestler win it, or somebody that is uh, AW's uh, next nugget. So Daniel Garcia. Um, <laughs> I hope whatever it is, the trophy somehow involves someone holding two other trophies because that was when Owen carried those two slammies around for like three years. That was, that was just great. Yeah. Oh my God. Imagine the trophies, two trophies. That would be good. 
I like that. I'm just still, I'm just still mystified that WWE cut Harry Smith Jr. right before their European tour. Like they couldn't even figure out to to have him on the card against Walter. Or now that they've got Sheamus with Ridge Holland, then they could put Harry Smith in there and maybe like have them try and recruit Drew uh, McIntyre and have like the 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 UK foreign affair. No, the UK. Like, have it be, you know, uh, uh, you know, a UK faction. I don't know. The I, British I Empire. Know. It just doesn't make sense to me. But there's no one. Harry Smith Jr. Add, add to your list of people who, you know, largely doing nothing. Um, so <laughs> there was a pretty lousy women's match. Ruby Soho against Nyla Rose was not a great match. Ruby Soho sort of pulled the win out of nowhere. But you said that it's a nice sign earlier, and I thought that was going to be a segue because there was a not so nice sign. In, in the crowd. I have to be honest with you, I didn't notice it. I don't look at signs. I actually watched the show. Um, yeah. But apparently somebody, I, I, I don't know if they hid the sign, if it was rolled up, if they wrote it while they were there, or if it was on the reverse sign of another sign. But anyway, it said, it said that guy is this dude's dad or something like that. Some, something, you know, uh, alluding to the, to the fact that Nyla uh, was born a biological male. Um, and you know, that's, it's distasteful. It's low class. It's, 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 it, you know, it's gutter and, and, you know, AW security took the sign away from him, maybe a little bit too long. But no, they ejected him out of the building is from um, what I, what I read was they, he, yeah, they he, did. so it was a whiteboard and he was changing what he was uh, writing on the whiteboard and was just all shitting on AW. So. See, I'm surprised they would let you come with a whiteboard because you could hit somebody over the head with a whiteboard. Yeah, well, it's Greensboro. So, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of things that are, uh, you know, loose, loosey-goosey over there. So um, I I think that uh, after this segment, then the complaints came in and then security was chasing him around and finally got him and then chased him off and threw him out. I'm surprised that we haven't heard from him online because you would think that this guy's such a troll at the show that he'd be a troll online um, anti-AEW. And so the fact that this type of guy is getting notoriety in the internet wrestling community and has not outed himself is surprising to me. Well, maybe he has read the room and saw that he's getting very little support. And that is overwhelmingly against them. Because, I mean, listen, reasonable minds can differ. You can have opinions, but that's a dick move. That's a human being. And and this is not, listen, if this is Division One sports and you want to argue to me that there shouldn't be trans women on the university of whatever, women's basketball team, okay, that's a, that's a, that's a conversation we're willing to have. If you're saying there's no place for wrestling, that's stupid. It it. it it's it, it's a dumb argument. It doesn't matter. This is combat theater. This is acting. If you don't like this, then you shouldn't like any intergender match. You and you and you certainly shouldn't like that Rey Mysterio can hurt Roman Reigns or that Finn Balor can hurt Brock Lesnar because that's just as ridiculous. Um, <laughs> maybe more. Maybe more so. Um, in any event. Did they eject him because of the content of the sign, or did they eject him because he was running around of, of trying to evade them? 
I guess I guess maybe we'll never know. But I bet no. I think it was the it was they he was disturbing the the <laughs> what was it that they they charged this guy in in Brooklyn with that he was disturbing an uh, uh um, interrupting an a cultural, a cultural event event something like that yes <laughs> so I would imagine that they they hit him with one of those as well as oh you're disturbing and interrupting a cultural event. <laughs> Yeah, but but what caused the charge? Was it the signs themselves, or was it him yes. trying to run away from security? No, I think it was the signs. Like I know what I know what got security there—the signs. But like, I'm not sure if they would have just confiscated the whiteboard and said, "Behave." Mm, uh, I see. I see where you're away. going. I'm just not sure if, like, you know, you know, sometimes cops go, they come to the party, they're knocking the door, say, "Turn down the music." You know. You want to know if Stephen P. New has a case here? I, I don't want to know that. It's a first. It's a First Amendment case. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody could make some sort of case out of it. Uh, I'm not sure it's a great idea. Um, maybe they should talk to Kyle Rittenhouse's plaintiffs' attorneys. Oh are, shit! <laughs> I, I mean, talk about things that are going to backfire. You know, once this kid has any assets, remember OJ? He was acquitted, but then found guilty in the civil suit, and he can't own anything outside of Florida and other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Rittenhouse, if you ever get solvent, I mean, you don't think that, that you're going to be countersued civilly? Uh, come on. Anyway, um, I, 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 why do you let me get on these things? Um, I don't know. Anyway. You want to talk about the main event? Yeah, this was a shitty match. And, and, sh- and, they, and shitty face paint? Um, well, there was a Wardlow squash match as well where Sean Spears did his thing, and and I... I I don't understand why Sean Spears keeps doing saying Wardlow, you're doing too many power bombs, and then hits him with a chair. I don't, I don't understand that gimmick. I don't, under, I, I mean, it, 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 I'm it's, the I'm joke. it's clear. He heard our show. Uh-huh. He knows that he's more over than Wardlow. That's it. He's proving my prophecy. Correct. Is what he's doing. He's following instructions. Okay. So yeah, the main <laughs> event. Um, I actually thought Sting's face paint was pretty cool. What? I did. I thought that was pretty cool. Darby's was listen. I appreciate the little things. I I like that they tried to coordinate the the face paint and and honor each other. I think the Darby's didn't look so good. It was sort of weird. I think that CM Punk did a very lazy job of of surfer Sting. But honestly, CM Punk with the makeup on looked older than Sting does. And it, and when and when he's trying to look like Sting, I mean, he just looked like a withered old man in a Sting costume. So I, I don't really, it didn't look good. And and CM Punk looked bad in this match. I mean, like Orange Cassidy does the like the joke kicks like as part of his shtick. A lot of CM Punk's clotheslines and kicks look had the same impact as Orange Cassidy's. Whoa, like purposely unimpactful moves. CM Punk was was not looking good. I'm surprised he was able to run up and down those stairs, to be honest. Um, <laughs> luckily, it was with MJF, so the pace was sort of slow. But the main event, I, I mean, there were a couple botches. Sting slipped off the ropes one. Punk slipped off the ropes once. Uh, Sting did that hip toss where MJF, I guess he, he there was a little bit too much arc on it. I, you know, I don't know if Sting was too strong. MJF did his body wrong. If FTR were in the wrong place, if it's just one of those things that happens. But this is like the third show in a few months where somebody's landed squarely on their head, and two of them involved Darby Allen. But I mean, I'm yeah. MJF's lucky he didn't break his neck on that mm-hmm. one. 
as is AEW because he's one of their biggest stars in one of their most important stories. What was the all yellow that FTR and MJF is? I mean, were they trying to do the killer bees? Were they trying to look like some uh, NWA Carolina Territory three person <laughs> faction that, that were job? I mean, what was that? Was there anything about that, or were Jeff, they just the matching? I I don't know. I can't explain it to you. I, I all I can think of is because the face paint of CM Punk, Sting, all of them looked so lousy. I didn't even pick up that that was supposed to be Surfer Sting. You yeah. know what I picked up? I picked up who's the mousiest guy in the band Kiss. <laughs> I don't know that guy's name, but he, both Sting and CM Punk looked like that guy in it's Peter Kiss. Chris. Isn't Peter Chris it, the it, one with the cat he, face? Yes, that's him. That's the fucking mousy guy. Well, he's a cat, but yeah. Whatever. This is what what the emotion and, and the feeling that... A new Planet Fitness location is coming soon. To celebrate, you can join before we open for just $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. We're squeaky clean and ready to welcome you with tons of equipment and plenty of space to spread out. Join the Judgment Free Zone today. We're ready when you are. Just $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Coming soon to Burbank, Fort City. Join now for $1 down. Offer ends December 25th. Planet Fitness locations are independently owned and operated. See club for details. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Stirred up in me when I saw these two idiots with this face paint. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You guys look like idiots. This looks like fucking uh, children's theater uh, with this fucking face paint ridiculous they should never do it again you're right cm punk look like a geriatric uh uh burnout from the old age home that they let out and, and or he a walled who knows and sting what are you doing buddy what are you doing like well, you don't need I, a sh- you don't you don't need a p- pander for fucking cm punk your motherfucking sting for christ's sake i agree that they should never do it again but for, for and for some of the same reasons but I mean, this is what I was talking about before. This is an exhibition match. I mean, this this is this is like what you put on a pay-per-view early on to have the, the crowd happy, or what you put at the end of an indie show to have the crowd lead leave happy. This 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 you know, this is hopefully it's a short-term story and it's done. Somebody got busted open the hard way because of course they did. That always happens in an AEW match. I mean, all, all these none of these guys are gonna ever have careers in other show business because they're all gonna be too scarred up. Um was it Dax again? Poor Dax. I think it was Dax, actually. Uh, and note to Adam, Adam Page, like if you play your cards right and if AW does well, you could be, you're good looking enough that you could be in that. Stop blading every goddamn week because you can't have Triple H Farhead or Dusty Farhead and, and have a career in, in other show business. Didn't you say this last week? No, I think I put it on Twitter. Um, oh. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, this this was an exhibition match. I thought it was a. I, I didn't think it was terrible. It was a fun little match. I mean, it always annoys me in the past when you know a tag team loses to a mishmash thing, 
but they're the triple A champions. They're not the AEW champions. And it is Sting and Darby and CM Punk. So three supposedly top guys. The, the I, I didn't mind the match. I didn't, you know, we already covered that. But the one takeaway for me was that I actually thought Sting looked better than CM Punk as a wrestler in the match. And that's not good. Um, the only thing clever in the match from a wrestling storytelling standpoint mm-hmm. was that Dax pushed MJF out of the way and, and sort of took the took the bullet for him. He knew he was going to take the, the finisher. You know, maybe he thought Cash was going to rescue him, whatever. But whatever it was, he pushed MJF, got MJF out of harm's way. So, you know, they're squarely on team MJF, um, you know, and is Wardlow. Yeah. Jeff, let's... A, in my opinion, this was a lackluster episode of Dynamite. I thought, um, I thought, I thought it was. I thought it was. I didn't think it was great. By, by you any thought stuff. it was meh. <laughs> meh. I, I thought it was. I thought it was meh. And by the end of that match, I the, the, by the end of that match, I wanted to take a little bit of a nappy wappy. So Jeff, how do you explain to me? Um, how do you think that they pulled over one million viewers in this episode? What's the draw? And is it Kyle O'Reilly? Because I certainly don't think it's Kyle O'Reilly. No, I, I mean I think I, I mean I think what it is is that the NHL games were canceled, so there there wasn't that that uh, preemption. Now they were the AW was still on at five o'clock on the West Coast, but there were, were there were no NHL games. So if you know, I've always said that you know maybe ten percent of wrestling fans are sports fans also. So it seems like about. Somewhere between ten and fifteen percent of NHL fans also watch AEW between the West Coast nationwide uh, because AEW has been doing high eights to uh, mid nines. So yeah, ten percent for that, and and you get you get your number. So okay, listen, if they maintain this million plus, terrific. Uh, it it does it also is also possible that there was some hype from the one hour long match last week that people wanted to mm. check check it out that's possible um right, right. that's a good so we'll, we'll see you, you know that if the if the numbers were lower they would have been saying it's december 23rd and everyone's going on vacation everyone's preparing for christmas and nobody's nobody's watching there would have been a million excuses and so those will probably come next week when it you know when it's going to be closer to new year's um, if they drop off, if they don't drop off, then, you know, um, but next week, is that the last week on TNT or is it also on, T- is next week on, yeah, TBS January 5th. So next week is on TNT. I think that Rampage is on Saturday night this week, but at nine o'clock, right? You are correct. It is on Christmas night at nine o'clock. And I think. And and I want to warn everybody because we're going to drop this on spoiler. Friday morning, Friday afternoon. So this will be a spoiler if you listen early on for Rampage. I'll give you five seconds to fast forward. I don't know about ten minutes um, right now. Give it three. Um, <laughs> you don't think we're going to talk about it that much? Uh, give it five. All right, I think we've hyped it up enough, and so if you it, listen, if you haven't fast forwarded by now, you fucked this up, and and you deserve to be spoiled because you're an idiot. So, um, on Rampage, you have Sammy Guevara versus Cody Rhodes for the TNT title, and because Rampage is pre-taped 
um, when after Dynamite is live, we now know who the TNT champion is. And it's not Sammy Guevara. It's now the three-time TNT champion, Cody Rhodes. Of course People are pissed off about this. I don't think so. Cody needs to be the champion right now. Nobody else is doing anything with this fucking title. Cody can put it back into prominence. He needs to be the flag bearer going to TBS. It makes sense to me. Lastly, and this is a question for you, Jeff, we're going to talk about Sammy Guevara and his recent nonsense online. Um, I, I don't think that he purposely tried to make this into a big deal. Obviously, he was doing the right thing, but if you've been living under a rock for the last week on social media, then you would not know that Sammy posted up a statement I want to say it was either late Friday or early Saturday stating that him and his longtime girlfriend and fiance were breaking up. Can I cast um, for a second? Because we told people to fast forward because of the spoiler about Cody. So I think that we should be talking about Cody now and then circle back to the Sammy thing. For those well, I, I, I say all this because I think if you keep in mind what that, that, that story is, right? Yeah, but people are going to miss this part of the conversation. No, they 10 minutes miss. isn't gone. We were almost there. We're I understand. There. I'm saying that the people who fast forward and listen to your 10 minutes will miss this. Oh, yeah. And they right. shouldn't miss this. They should miss us talking about Cody. And, you know, I disagree. I think that Miro elevated this title just fine. Um, and if Sammy really is one of the four pillars, which I, I dispute, I'm not really sure about the four pillars, period. Um, he shouldn't have lost the title, but you know, if Cody's going to stick around, he certainly is more prominent. And we did skip the Dan Lambert and Men of the Year promo where they were saying, where Dan Lambert is a highlight of the show every week, saying, Tony Khan is giving me the most impossible task to try to get you to cheer for Cody Rhodes, the one guy who's a bigger dick than me. Uh, <laughs> but we don't care who wins because whoever it is, you're going to face one of these two men afterwards. Um so, okay. I mean, I guess that's part of it. But, I mean, I guess that means that Sammy Guevara as champion has been considered a failure because we already know who the next challengers are going to be. And it's going to be Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky or Scorpio Sky then Ethan Page. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But is Cody, I, I, I have a question, though. Because is Cody sticking around or is he going off to do one of his TV shows again? No, I think he is going to be the guy that's been chosen by TNT or TBS or whoever is a, a, a big wig at those two channels saying, hey, guys, the ratings have sucked. We've got Rampage on a rando night on Christmas night. And we need something that's going to pop a rating. So I think this was the galvanizing force to have Cody win. But also, I think it was penance to Sammy for what he what 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 happened last week with Tay. Did it happen chronologically? So that happened. All right. So all right. So I, I think we've talked enough about the Cody thing, and we and you know, if people fast forward, I don't think anybody really fast forwards ten minutes. They do in thirty second increments. So yeah, so let let's go back and and reset what you were going to talk about, Sammy Guevara and his fiance. But by the way, I think if you remember when they first got engaged on this show, I think that I was making sort of noises and I didn't want to say it, but say it, but sort of like 
He's listen, and I respect what I respect people dating out of their league. I am dating way out of my <laughs> league. But, but Sammy Guevara was out of her league looks wise. I'm sure she's charming and lovely, and I'm sure they were high school sweethearts. But as soon as I saw her and him in the position he is making the money he is, I'm like, this will never last. And guess what? It's better before they get married, before there's alimony and all sorts of shit like that. It's it's better earlier than later. Whatever the reasons, if you think I'm being an asshole, fine. Whatever it is, it's better <laughs> earlier than later. Back to you, Steve. What did you text me when when you saw her picture? You were like, "Wow, she's she's rather mid." <laughs> she's rather mid, and he's, he's and he's a pretty hot guy. He's an attractive guy, absolutely. I mean, he's a, he's and listen, he's touring around. You're out on. Uh, with AEW, you're out with the guys touring from city to city. I'm sure you're there's a, a lot of ring rats. You start believing in your own magic pillar. That's right. You start your your pillar starts getting hard, and then mm-hmm. and then you start thinking about it raw. So that it's like, <laughs> and listen, then you want to lay the smackdown. That's right. And then you, you hear Ta- Jungle Boy and pri- uh, Private Party talking about pounding asses. And there's Tay Conti with Mira Mira Mira, and let me do a, a TikTok with. Thunder Rosa, and you're looking over and you're going, what's going Listen, on? There's plenty of beautiful women in the world. And yes, there are some in that locker room as well. Office romances happen. Um, I don't know the chronology of, you know, when they started having problems, when they broke up. I don't even know if Tay Conti and Sammy Guevara are together. I don't know when that happened. I'm not calling her a home wrecker because there was no home to wreck and it takes two, two tangles. Take it from someone who cheated on their spouse with someone else who cheated on their spouse, and we both left our spouses to live with each other. Uh, that failed about two years later, by the way. Um, <laughs> wow, my head just yeah. exploded. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So, see, when people hear me say that I can know people for years and they don't know anything about me, nobody knows anything about me. And I would say right. if, you, if people just asked, but nobody asked. You're the original. No, I, who is going to ask you, Jeff? Hey, did you did you ever leave your wife and somebody else left their their spouse and then you guys hooked up? No one's asking you that question. Okay. Jeff. If, if you meet, uh, if you are friendly with a middle aged man who got divorced in their mid forties, at some point when you know them well enough, when you ask, "Hey, why'd you get divorced? What happened?" or "Did you go through a midlife crisis?" Yeah, I think that you would ask something that would get to that answer without actually asking the, the specific right. scenario. In any event, I'm just so funny. so I'm so so that this was your your roundabout way of saying I'm a dick for not asking. Right, you're the dick here, not me. <laughs> um, no, we're, I, I'm not going to throw shade at Tay Conti or even Sammy. I mean, the, 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 he's a young guy. He's what 26, 27. Right, right. Um, right, right. And so even if he was tempted by her Tommy, fine. He would have been tempted by someone else's down down the road anyway. So again, better earlier yeah. than late. Um, but you take it from here because you're you're the straight newsman. Yeah, no, I mean, I listen. This is uh, the, he tweeted out this thing. Honestly, he shouldn't have fucking said anything on fucking social media. I don't even understand why you're uh, telling everybody that you broke up. Nobody know. I mean, yeah, it happened. The 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 what's it called? The the, the engagement happened on on TV, national TV. So I can understand. All right, I gotta make reference to it on social media. But Live nobody in public, gives a shit. Die in public. Live in oh, public, so die in public. It's so so stupid. So controlled. No, you're nobody right. gave a no, shit. No, nobody would care. If people saw him dating and they said, isn't he engaged? 
And then someone said, oh, yeah, they, they called off the engagement. Nobody yeah, we broke up in October. Like, yeah, he didn't need to write the statement. No, so so I think Sammy uh, asked. He's been burned before when he was 26 years old by something he said when he was 22 on a podcast that six people listened to before it was recirculated. <laughs> so I think he sort of is overcompensating for that experience. Yes, right. But I think, yeah, I, I just think this is transparency gone wrong. Like, I don't think he needed to say anything. Like, fuck it. Like, it's none of their business. And 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 shame on the fucking IWC for fucking assuming that it's Tay Conti, too. Like, why are you dogging this girl? Like, leave her alone. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? If if they are, they're not. What, what do you give a fuck? It's because you're fucking miserable in your own fucking mom's basement, yeah. you motherfucker. She's a beautiful woman. He's a handsome guy. They're in the same profession. Yeah. They're, they're, they're uh, sort of at the same stages of their career, similar age groups. You know, uh, he doesn't speak Spanish. She can teach him Portuguese. That's right. Who wouldn't want to see them fuck? But Jesus Christ, why do you give a fuck Whoa. that you that, that you that you who, want to who fucking wanna, who wouldn't want to triple date and swing with Jungle Boy, Anna J, Tay Conti, and Sammy Guevara, Emmy, and La Sicaria? That's right. <laughs> it's it's just so ridiculous. Like and even the like all hope that I'm bringing <laughs> the, the, all the home record comments is so fucking dumb. Like get out of here. You wouldn't even know. Like this is how you know that these motherfuckers have never had their dick wet. Like this is a th- ridiculous. No, they, they've never been tempted by any, anything that that wasn't on South Park or wasn't or wasn't food. Lisa Simpson, she might be young, but she's cute. Technically, she's been on TV for 30 years, so she's legal. <laughs> oh, my God. That's all I wanted to talk about that. Like, it's just so stupid. Like, Good. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that much either. I, I, you know, I mean, it did, though, start a trend this week of professional wrestlers who live in public running away and, and shutting down their, their social media account. And this does sort of call back to last week when we were talking about you know, Jeff Hardy, everyone's saying it's none of anyone's business. Yeah, it sort of is because he's a public figure and we went through that. But, you know, this is like it's none of anyone's business. Well, yeah, it sort of sort of is. And even if they're not as famous as Jeff Hardy, they're on TV every week. But more importantly than that, they live on social media. They they put their lives out there. So live by the sword, die by the sword. But, but the good news here, it's only a metaphor. In, and this is where this modern con- concept of words are violence is proven to be false because violence is violence. Words are just words. So this is just something where sticks and stones can break your bones, but names won't hurt you. You, you deactivate your account. You, you lay low for a while. You write it out. The end. But while I don't really disagree with Tay going off of Twitter or and Sammy, yeah, shut down the damn vlog, kid. Stop looking like you're having so much fun. Um, then we had sort of like a mini feud with Darby Allen and Cora Jade where he like criticized her skating gimmick was fake, which I don't know if it is or if it isn't. And then she she responded that, well, not having allegations of uh, abusing my former partners isn't part of my and being a good person is part of my real life. And they both deleted it. And like she used the word allegation. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a sick burn, but with qualifications, I mean. I don't know what Darby did or didn't do, but no, nothing nothing was validated. So there was that. But you know, good on Cora Jade for shutting him up, fucking idiot. Nobody nobody asked you to jump in here. Yeah, nobody asked you to. But they both went off of of uh, social media. 
Then then Jordan Grace, of course, who's who's a stalwart of social media, somehow she got into this thing where like I guess people were calling her short, or maybe they were calling her husband short, and they both are short. Um, and she and you know, she's really into the into the body shaming thing. So now she was calling, you know, basically the, the, the making fun of people's height is a form of body shaming, which I I mean I guess it is. Um it is. But, but she ran off of social media. Then, like Jonathan Gresham, I guess, defended her. And then people were calling him soft. And then people were like, How can you call him soft for defending his wife? Which they're right. He's not. He should defend his wife. But then he went off of social media, which is really bad timing for him because he's trying to promote his show, his terminus, which is, you know, he's trying to build it off and, and fool people into thinking that it's still sort of ring of honor. And so he really needs to be on social media and have things being retweeted and whatever to get the word out to get people to buy the show. And I, I guess it'll be on fight or something and whatever it is. So they're off social media. So it's, I think it's fine. But, the, but, but I think the reason that they're, they're gone too is because they got into it with Anthony Agogo. I think first Jordan oh, yeah. Grace got into it with Anthony Agogo over some bullshit. And then she called him out and was like, Bro, you have no no room. I think he was like um criticizing somebody's work rate. He's such a dude. And 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 she's like, "Bro, you're you're not even in this fucking business like a year. You don't have no right to criticize work rate." And he's like, "Fuck you." This and the other. And then uh Gresham jumps in and they get into it and then everybody's like, "This has got to be a work." And both of them are like, "This isn't a work. We don't give up. We're not working with each other. We're yeah, we don't work together." I mean, it's forbidden. It's forbidden door things and nonsense. We 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 have dissected this a thousand times, and people still, you know, try to talk about it. I mean, just today, the chaos. That's the the non mention of it is is more evidence of how shallow it is. But yeah, uh, Anthony Gogo is a douche. I'm with Jordan Grace on this one. I'm with Gresham on this one. Agogo had three matches and he's been injured ever since. He broke his orbital bone, whatever. And I know right. that he was a legit boxer. I know that he, he originally injured his face in boxing and that, you know, he's 80% blind in one eye and now maybe he's 100% blind. In that I don't know. I get it. But he's he's a hell of a talker. I was born legally blind. I've been in situations where all of the store clerks are just standing in a circle waiting for me to figure out where my card is. If you're one of the millions of Americans who are blind or partially sighted, you might know the feeling too. Which one is my credit card? Now I have to get somebody else to go through my cards to pick out this one. Introducing a card designed for the blind and partially sighted. Touch card by MasterCard. Three distinctly shaped notches help people feel the difference between types of cards. Circular for debit, square for credit, and triangular for prepaid. This is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I'll be able to tell my cards apart. Developed in partnership with Idemia, Vision Services for the Blind, and the Royal National Institute of Blind People, TouchCard is inclusive by design. Our goal is to make every MasterCard a TouchCard. Just little things like that can go a long way as far as bringing independence to a blind person. Just a little notch is huge progress. Because a world designed for all of us is priceless. What if you had the power to know which employees were most likely to quit? This year, nearly 40% of workers will actively consider resigning, leaving employers at risk. Vizier, the global leader in people analytics, helps you stop the exit. With Vizier, you can identify retention risks and create happier and more productive employees. Find out why so many Fortune 500 companies choose Vizier at www.vizier.com. Vizier, 
People Answers On Demand. You know, by talking out of his ass, I don't mean like a promo. And He's definitely blind taste-wise because uh, to start this fucking fight on Twitter was dumb. Yeah, and he's... Uh, and he's and he's made no impact in the business. And I think if it wasn't for for him coming back on Twitter and being a dick, most people would have forgotten he ever existed. He'd be like Cain Velasquez, be like who? Um, in a more interesting sort of public Twitter social media spat, Fox News ran an article which was sort of generic about how the cons were having like a bad sports era where the the Jacksonville Jaguars were doing badly, and then there was this very bad firing of Urban Meyer, who was a bad hire. And that his staff was feuding and they said they're not going to pay the rest of his contract, which anyone who follows the NFL knows that coaches get fired all the time. But usually they get paid the balance of their contract until they get hired by another team. And maybe even then they still get the balance or there's a buyout or something like that. So Mm -hmm. this is this is sort of unusual to do. Um, And then they also mentioned that, you know, that that Shad's, you know, you know, and his son or Shad through his son have a wrestling company that, that brought in all these stars and, you know, got up to 1.3 million viewers at one point. And then ever since then, it's sort of cooled down. That's all they said is that it's cooled down. That, that, that was, that was the extent of, of, of that was enough. And so Tony Khan light sent, a fire. He sent three like drunk tweets, basically saying, thanks for mentioning AEW Fox news. It's, it's funny that you should be criticizing us when we beat you in, in, in the last six weeks, and of course, he's only showing the 18 to 49 demo, and he's showing Fox News shows, which, I mean, the Fox News viewership is so far and away above AEW, and that's a sad thing, that, that Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram and, and, and these folks are getting all these super numbers, um, but, but Fox's target demo isn't 18 to 35 years old it's 35 to 85 that's that's who they 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 want to be they want to be seen in the 55 and older communities the villages is there villages that that is that is there not Greenwich village the villages that that is their target demo but tony khan says it three times it's like he's so thin-skinned it's just like just shut up just be quiet so immature He starts picking fights with like he will not show up on Busted Open on Wednesdays because Bully Ray asks him tough questions, right? And which is weird because Mark Henry is there to help him, and 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 now like he's not talking to Eric Bischoff, who like he brought in three times. I, yeah, it, it, it it's just so stupid. I, I mean, he's just, agreed. He's just a petulant child, and I know I know there's people that they call him a smart businessman. I really don't know what his books or his 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 worth is but at some point it was reported at 878 million dollars which i'm sure none of that he made on his own if he just kept that in the stock market it would probably be 1.1 billion right now i guarantee he didn't i i i am sure that if somebody did his net worth right now it's less i'm guessing he lost money um but nobody disputes not even tony khan disputes that aw is in the red now he blames it on the video game which still has no, you know, launch date. They, they haven't even That's talked right. about it. You think we with Omega not wrestling, that he's got plenty of time to uh, steer this thing to get that nope. uh, video game working. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tax write-off. I, I guess I, I don't know, but he's a very thin-skinned man, and I'm not convinced he's a smart businessman at all. I mean, he's smart enough to figure that the, the 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 fans love me so much and love what I'm giving them that I can keep keep giving them exhibition matches. And he's a great. A 
He's a great promoter. cult leader. He's a great cult leader. He's a great promoter. He, he found a very dopey audience. Uh, and I mean wrestling fans writ large. I'm not talking about AEW fans. I'm including myself in this. This is a dopey thing. And, and at 53, it's especially dopey for me. Speak for yourself. Watching this shit. Well, you're only I 40. I don't, watch, I don't watch AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you just called all out the best pay-per-view of the year. Um, right. Anyway, so Tony Khan, I'm not so sure he's a great businessman, but what? But even if he is, he is, when it comes to PR, he, he comes off as a child seven out of ten times at least. All right. What else do you want to talk about? Do you want to do, do you want to review how some of our predictions went for 2021? I think let's do that next week, I think, with the, the rest of the predictions, because I think we are running a little long right now. We're almost at 2.30, so... Okay. Um, I think we just ran, run through the rest of the news and then um, wrap it up. All right. Trying to do it as quickly as I can. So Renee Paquette, she landed a job with the NHL. So she's going to be doing a talk show with the NHL. So that seems like that's going to be her next full-time gig. Doesn't necessarily rule out other things. Details of her contract are unknown to your speaker. Alexander Hammerstone, breakout star of the year, double champion in MLW, uh, the cornerstone of that brand, signed a two-year extension with MLW, and a lot of people are thinking, why? Jeff will tell you why. It's because he surveyed the landscape of wrestling free agency, and he saw that there's 150 to 200 unemployed or underemployed wrestlers. There's probably more than that. There's probably another 75 wrestlers that are underemployed working for promotions like aw on appearance deals and they barely appear and he probably said "Eh, this is a better safe bet for me and i can do i can still do my indie stuff and i've got a pretty good brand for myself yep there were rumors unconfirmed that Sami Zayn re-signed with wwe now it's unconfirmed so i'm not confirming it we're not confirming it but the same source reported that kevin owens re-signed a couple days before everybody else so I mean, I'm sure everyone's watching that anyways, but we'll see. Um, more information on Kevin Owens. He was commenting on Ring of Honor. Someone mentioned that, uh, he, that WWE didn't allow Kevin Owens or other former Ring of Honor stars, alums, to speak at Final Battle. Uh, Kevin Owens said, it's not true. They never asked. Ring of Honor never asked me, never asked anybody else, and never asked WWE. And Kevin Owens for, went further to say, that if they did ask, he's pretty sure that WWE would have let them because they've done similar things in, in the past, including use of footage and stuff like that. So, you know, this could just be a, evidence of just another one of Ring of Honor's bad decisions on their trail of tears um, to yep. their termination. Now, Joe Koff this week gave an interview where he again says, no, 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 everybody's wrong. We are absolutely going to put on shows um, in 2022. I hope he's telling the truth in whatever form. We'll see. There's a lot of skepticism out here, including mine. And listen, when when I predicted that a that small promotions were going to fold and some promotions were going to die because of COVID or other factors, I certainly didn't expect it to be my hometown promotion that I probably financially support more directly than any other promotion out there. Mm-hmm. Um, in any event, there you go. Serena Deeb is reported to be taking more of a coaching and production role in AEW. I think that's probably good for the women's division. I don't know what it means for her uh, wrestling. It seems like her feud with Sheeta is continuing for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, don't forget, she is, uh, I think, close to 40, and, and she's, she's quite good at that. And, and, you know, maybe they're 
more invested than some of the other people? I don't know. Lastly, in news, Pro Wrestling Tees had a data breach. And everyone found out about it by snail mail letter instead of email during Christmas time. And of course, the speculation is, is that Pro Wrestling Tees didn't, wa didn't want to notify people quickly via email electronically because it would dampen their the Christmas buying season for them. So they want a plausible deniability of a cover-up or a delay. They retained a third-party company in California to send letters out uh, through the regular mail during Christmas time, where regular mail is notoriously slow. Um, yeah. So that's a that's a bad look. Um, I don't think I missed any other news. Was there anything that that you had that weren't on my list? Otherwise, I, we can just get to ratings. No, I think the last thing that I I had was. Uh, um... You know, WWE, I don't, I don't know if you can officially call him a legend, but he is uh, uh, an old timer. Some, a lot of people might, my age might remember him um, in the 80s. You had Corporal Kirshner passed away. Um, he passed away earlier this week from a heart attack. So uh, condolences, thoughts and prayers out to his family, friends and fans um, from the Hammerlock hangover. Age 64. That, there you go. All a um, little bit young for all, for a heart attack, but not unheard of, right? Okay, ratings. ratings. We, are, we are recording this show on Thursday night, December twenty fourth, Christmas Eve. Uh, so I'm all caught up with MLW except for tonight. Uh, but Impact last week, so a week ago, December seventeenth, did seventy one thousand down nineteen thousand. So the Impact uh, tread keeps on losing. Tread, I don't know. Whatever. SmackDown did a 2.3, which was its best rating in a while. It went up about uh, 170,000. Did a 0.52 in, in the coveted demo. Yay. Roman Reigns with a shirt. Rampage did a 571, a 0.23 in the demo, which was pretty disappointing. But 571 was an increase for that show. So I think they are probably pleased with that ups, uptick. Raw. It was definitely uh, it was definitely uh, disappointing to me. I predicted three seventy five last week. You did that, yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I I didn't want to rub your actually. I forgot, but um, yeah, that that was that was. But I'm fun. gonna I'm gonna predict three seventy five for this Christmas episode. Ah, that, I think that makes more sense. I mean, between the spoiler and it being Christmas night and being a different time and. It actually being a time where a lot of people are on vacation in a way, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't think three seventy five. I think I think it'll maybe be you know again like I had sort of lame last week, like four seventy five ish. We were both wrong anyway. NXT basically went back to where it was two weeks ago, went up to five ninety one, pretty good. Um, I hope that's because word is getting out that NXT is actually coalescing back into an actual wrestling show, um, and it is. Uh, Dynamite did a 1.02, so back over that million mark, so good for them. Uh, we already talked about that earlier. AW Dark, not so good, 237 this week. Last week has built its way up to 327, and two weeks ago has only built itself up to 340. And it wasn't all that long ago that three weeks out was a million and, you know, 900 to a million, and then it was sort of 800. Then we thought it was bad when it was going to 750 when it was three weeks out. Well, now it's less than half of that. Dark Elevation this week, 2.15, a week ago, 2.50, two weeks ago, 3.02. So, again, Dark Elevation, also not doing great. Just too much wrestling. MLW this week, and I did watch it, so I'm current, um, at least up to yesterday or, you know, tonight. 58,000, 
Last week is up to 87,000. Not terrible, but not great. I mean, 87,000 was sort of week one, not, you know, about a year ago this time. Um, and three weeks ago, which was their Thanksgiving show, or, or two weeks ago, technically, um, 110, you know, but that was like a, a, a special. Um, so, you know, I guess they're sort of dropping a little bit, I suppose. But the YouTube shows, not doing as well as the uh, broadcast shows. Raw, 1.553 down, abysmal, terrible, deserves every part of the bad uh, bad results it's getting. I don't get it. I will say this. Big E seemed more consistently serious this week, and that is another little positive that I will give to Raw. But I might oh, be too, all right. Look, it might be too little too late. He's um, warming up on you. I I want him to do well. He has it. He can do it. It's just just keep him away from New Day antics and and New Day generally. And jiggling. Well, that's part of New Day antics. <laughs> but yeah, so this is actually not even close to one of our longest shows. But yeah, next week we're going to review our 2020 predictions about 2021. And we're going to do our 2022 predictions. We are right now predicting that this is going to be a slow week in wrestling because of the holidays. You can never be sure with wrestling and wrestling news, but let's hope that it is so we can enjoy mocking our own predictions or patting ourselves on the bat Barry Harwood style and, and that we can have full and robust conversations about predictions for 2022 because I think it's an interesting year. 2021 was so confusing and confounding and so cluttered, at least for me, that predictions for 2022 uh might be even more uh, shots in the dark than they were last year. Last year, I felt pretty good about all of mine. They didn't all pan out, but at least I knew why I was predicting what I'm predicting. I have a feeling I'm just going to make some shit up this this coming week. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And if you've got any predictions of 20, for 2022, please make sure you share them with us. You can uh, email us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. That's hammerlockhangover, all one one word, all put together hammerlockhangover at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter at hammerlock ho that's at hammerlock ho and find us on facebook search hammerlock hangover we come up our page comes up if you post it we get those messages jeff and myself get the messages and uh yeah we look forward to interacting with you uh the the wrestling fans and talking about a w wwe and all other uh, organizations and all other types of wrestling. Uh, feel free to interact with us um, at any time. Um, Jeff, do you have any plugs? Of course. Um, Garden of Doom, my other baby, my non-wrestling podcast. So please check that out. I was uh, patting myself on the back earlier this week that uh, a lot of diversity, that was one of my goals this year. So I've had... Uh, female guests on uh, at least 12 different female guests and some of them were on more than once so uh, you know somewhere close to half my show shows and i'm trying to build on that i also had guests from 13 different countries and some of them were on more than once as well so countries as far and wide as you know, new zealand russia latvia um south africa not just yeah you know, the uk was obviously number one after the U.S., Canada, of course, was in there, but Mexico, Brazil, Israel, um, so a lot, a lot of variety there. And and I can tell you that, that this stuff's come coming. We're going to keep going with interesting content and diversity, myths, gods, legends, lore, 
and some pop culture. Also, Garden View, I had four episodes this year. I just recorded another one, which I'll probably put out early next year. That's more sort of more mainstream interviews. Uh, and you can occasionally catch me on the PWC shows, um, some of the wrestling shows. Um, but that's just a shout to the PWC, which carries this fine show and the shows I just mentioned. Also, at Mark Media Group, which carries this fine show and other shows. And those technical issues still are not resolved with Wrestling Soup. But as far as I know, at least in theory, we're still on the Wrestling Soup Network. But you can't find us there for at least the last 10 days or so. Um, so, And if you can't find us there, then please make sure that you follow our regular stream. Um, you can find us wherever you can. But um, just... You know, you click on the Hammerlock Hangover one, not the Wrestling Soup Network link, and you'll follow us there, and you can uh, catch up on all our episodes. Oh, and this is a big development. Spotify now has ratings. Uh, before, it was only the Apple, and we welcome your ratings and your stars and your reviews on Apple. But please, if you get a chance or you haven't done it before, please do it on Apple. But now, also do it on Spotify as well. We would love those five-star ratings, those reviews. That, that's, that really works with the algorithms, and that will get other people to listen to the show and make us the stars that, that we deserve to be. And you could be some of the, the top fans and say that you were listening to us from the beginning. Imagine saying that you were listening to Wrestling Soup since day one, or the Sala Monster, or JD, or Don Tony. This is your chance to get in on the bottom of something great. That's Imagine right. the returns, the wealth, the fame, the notoriety that would come your way. I'm imagining it too. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> Very good, Jeff. Very good, man. Fun, fun episode tonight with the, the the best of. It was good recapping with you, and um, I look forward to doing it again next week with the prediction. The prediction should be fun, man. I going back and listening to some of our old predictions. It was funny to hear what um, you had to predict. Uh, I predicted, and uh, our guest Drew Yari predicted. Um, some of this stuff came came true. Some of it uh didn't and it's going to be real interesting to hear it all next week what was funnier was if you listen to the mid-year show with kevin's predictions because he was uncannily right about some things but some of those things changed so he became uncannily wrong with them so he said daniel bryan will retire which he did but then he unretired he said the iconics would be gone which they were but now they're reformed again so i mean it That's was really it was cool. sort of funny like he was like really right about some stuff but some of the stuff reversed itself so those are two back-to-back -back shows if you want to check those out last December. Um, I don't think we're going to have any guests next week. I think it's just going to be us doing it. Yep, I think that's just good enough. And then maybe uh, in the new year, we'll see if we can kind of uh, hit up some some people for to be guests on the show and uh, see if we can drive these numbers. Please make sure, please, 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 if you enjoyed the show, guys, please make sure that you are sharing this with your friends, your family, anybody that likes wrestling Please make sure you're sharing the link and the podcast to them. To, and especially if you're in any wrestling groups, whether that be in Facebook or any other social media platform. Reddit, that you use Reddit. Instagram. Right. That's right. 4chan. Wherever Rounder. you like to talk about wrestling, drop a drop a, drop a, a recommendation. Hey, I listen to Hammerlock Hangover and these two idiots are pretty funny. Yeah. Or, hey... Listen to these two idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. We and, are just uh, let's good enough. Back. Tell them if you want to listen to a podcast that is just good enough and is truly mid, then then that Hammerlock Hangover is your show. Just good enough. That's right. We're the Pam of wrestling podcasts. 
That's right. Not Karen, but Pam. We're just good enough. You're the girl next door. All right, guys, that's enough. Thanks for everything. Thanks for listening and happy holidays, guys. Uh, have a safe one. And uh, yeah, all that stuff. Bye. Stable, my friends. When getting the job done right is job one, you need construction equipment that's built right. From compact track loaders to the world's number one selling compact excavator, the Kubota construction lineup features durable Kubota engines, more comfort, and the versatility to do it all and do it right. Visit your local Kubota dealer today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. First Choice Equipment, on the web at firstchoiceequipment.com. Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger by turning data into insights so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll.